0: I think I'm second in the division. Or uh, oh. this, the way this week should shake out, I believe I'll be second in the division. Behind Bretonians, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, having uh, no concept of what teams are are actually decent in Blood Bowl. Hearing Bretonians are doing well is like really Bretonians. Well, really,
0: it's, it's like time traveling. You know, twelve years ago or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. No, Bretonians are uh, well. Blood Bowl third edition. Is coming out in Bretonia will will thus be gone with that, but mm. uh, they'll be replaced with like the royalty team or something like that, or like nobility team or something like that, um, sure. which are functionally and fundamentally the same. But now they can, uh, yeah, nobility. But now that they now they can like get a, a sweet sweet copyright on it now with like the nobility team. Then you know because Bretonia was a real place, and you know so like now they'll be able to. No. Uh, yeah. So now they'll be able to like get some uh, uh, get get a copyright on it, which is cool. But no, in in the game, mm-hmm. bretonians are surprisingly good. They um they okay. they fall apart a little bit late game because they don't have like just like huge like stat block dudes, really. Um, oh, gotcha. But they have like average to decent armor, depending on who you are, and they have a good range of skills across their their uh, their their team. And effectively, they have, like, sort of one extra skill player in their group because they have, like, a sort of a like a defensive blocker-lineman type unit, which comes with oh, a pressure ability. Okay. So, oh. so they're actually pretty, pretty feisty um, and really good against, like... From what I can tell, they seem to be pretty good against, like, agility-based teams.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but maybe uh, they might fall down a little bit to, like, more of the punchier teams. So, I mean, it's... That's the thing about, like, Blood Bullets cool is the game doesn't really... Um, like, it's so in the RNG sphere, which is, you know, random numbers generator, it's mm. so in the RNG sphere of things that it it almost, like, it almost relishes in some imbalance. Mm. You know, this, this constant yeah. need, and I, I do understand, like, competitive gaming and a need for parity and... Uh, you know, I'm I'm rocking my Giannis onto the Kumpo. Uh, one of two of my mean mug shirts. This one actually sent to me by uh, Tomb King Tristan. I love this shirt, <laughs> and I do stand with what the Bucks are doing right now. You feel free to at me on Twitter. Um, so uh, the the. Uh, uh, the, the, you know, I, I watch competitive play, and like they they try to achieve parity through like a draft and stuff like that. But like, sure. if you end up with three superstars on your team on a basketball team, and you have a starting five, you're just gonna crush people. <laughs> and so it's like competitive competition. You know, chasing parity is super important, but there's a lot of fun in in just like yeah. But what if we just have the hugest dudes dunking on people and let it be random? You know, mm-hmm. and and that's where Blood Bowl kind of ends up. And when you when you lean into it, and and the super important part of, of, of that is leaning into that mentality. You you have to be a masochist, or you will not enjoy yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Blood Bowl does really nicely. It's like um, I I've, I've said it before. I'm gonna say it again. The um XCOM.
1: Have you played XCOM? I have. I've played many XComs. Oh, even like the old mm-hmm. school like uh, DOS ones. I played I played the first one a bit. I I've played all of the or most of the like newer Windows ones. ninety five
0: era or something like that. No, um. right.
1: Yeah, I haven't played the brand new one that just came out, the smaller scale one. But um, but I played the original one for a little bit when a friend of mine did what you usually do, where you make all your friends into characters. Yeah, and he told me that like, yeah, you were a great sniper <laughs> until you got mind controlled, and our other buddy, the chainsaw wielding priest, had to you know chop your head off. Yeah, I was like, okay. yeah, right. I went out in style at least.
0: Yeah, no, that's. It. I mean, that's. I mean, that that's the thing is like Blood Bowl for me. I love XCOM, especially like the the new the new sort of iteration of XCOM because uh, they've got that old school sensibility that I love about video games, where that mm-hmm. it's like a you know, kind of punishing difficulty curve. This is the, that's that Dark Soul appeal. Like, some people, like, really enjoy that. that sort of, like, punishing gameplay. But, like, with with new school, like, some forgiveness. But what's really cool about XCOM, I'm sorry, this is an XCOM stream now, Mm -hmm. uh, the way they they generate their seed for RNG is it's essentially a a hinge to the save file when you Mm. go into, when it generates the map. So it, it generates all the numbers out. So, like, you can't really save scum it. (laughs) which would be of course like quick saving quick loading and then like you gotta live with you live by the dice you die by the dice in, uh, in XCOM and so it's got that punishing you just have to make the correct decisions and even the correct decisions will be the wrong decisions and uh you know, that's where, like, my favorite, absolute favorite meme to kind of come through COVID was, like, only a 2% mortality rate for COVID. And then it shows XCOM players, and it's like, jo- it's, like, Jordan Peele just, like, sweating. You know, like, only 2%, and he's just, like, pouring the sweat from his face because, like, XCOM players know what, like, only a 2% chance of failure looks like. <laughs> and,
1: like right. Uh, but that's... We know- yeah, go ahead. We are all that Jean-Luc Picard meme where he's like, you can make all the right choices and still lose. And mm. that's just being human. And it's like, and that's just XCOM.
0: That's just XCOM, <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's Blood Bowl. And that's Blood Bowl. Yeah. And so like, <laughs> but, like, the offset of that is it liberates you to make, and then we're kind of back to Blood Bowl now, the offset of that is it kind of liberates you. If you know that that just wacky numbers are the great equalizer, mm. that, like... It rains on the just and unjust alike. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Nuffle favors no one. Uh, right. and Nuffle is a fickle as a fickle god, and his favor, if if granted, is is temporary. Um, it's like it allows you to make the wacky play. It allows you to feel like you still have a shot when things go against you. Um, mm-hmm. And if you got just that little bit of, of of like that sort of that like masochism, you can enjoy that. But mm-hmm. also, if if you have what, like, I just shared a clip of what Rocco did the other day, which is he, he blitzed his skink on <laughs> two red dice, meaning your opponent is selecting the worst option on two dice. He blitzed two red dice into, like, an orc or whatever. Like, just... Crazy bonkers play, and he gets the knockdown on the. And you're just like,
2: my my game
0: versus uh, Razor Tree Production, Jared. Um, at the beginning of the week, I played on Monday night. Uh, that VOD's available right now. You can go watch that. I played mm-hmm. against him, and we just like were doing this thing where we were just like, well, what's the play with the most hubris? You know, like, and so we just did the most hubris play against each other. He threw a long long bomb from, like, the diagonal all the way across the field. And, like, it wasn't intercepted. It wasn't, like – and he – it wasn't swatted down. Like, I'm just like, this is – I mean, it was, like, six up, six up, six up, four up, six up, like, in terms of the <laughs> dice that he had to get. And I'm just like, you can't – that doesn't happen. So, it's – I mean, there's a <sighs> – but but how are you enjoying Blood Bowl so far?
1: I, I've been enjoying it a lot, actually. I think I was very much in that camp of, like – before you talked to Brendan and Frank about it, I had never given Blood Bowl a second look aside from, oh, those elf models are cool, that might be a nice conversion. Mm-hmm. And then getting into it and starting to play, I've been surprised at how much I've taken to it now and how I'm like uh, asking Kyle and Christian, like how, how did your games go? What How's the league doing? How's everybody else? What was happening? And, uh, <laughs> and how much fun it's been having those moments. This has happened in like three of my games in a row now where there will be a moment where i've got a dark elf blitzer who are very very good players starting out the gate and i'm like okay to successfully blitz the ball carrier in his cage which i have not been able to open up at all i have to make like two three ups i need to make a five up and then i need to hit him and there's only one dice and that has to be the exact dice i need and it's worked Mm. And I did it to Christian twice. I did it to uh, Mohawk Mike was my last game, who was playing the exact same yeah, dark elf mirror. lineup as I was. Yeah. And so he was like, There's no way that's gonna and you have the ball. What the what the hell? Why why did that work? <laughs> but then you'll turn around and be like, I'm gonna dodge my ball, carry her out, eighty three percent chance, and I failed. Yeah. And he's and the turnover and he's injured. Well, <laughs> <I like> that. <laughs> well that's that's like or, the... or if you're Christian and he's dead. Right, the he did the
0: leap into the end zone to score and died. <laughs> His ward answer is dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. it's it's um, it's weird. Like it, I, it has been, it has been this absolute beacon of light in an otherwise, mm-hmm. like kind of like crummy time for me, where I'm getting to talk to friends. There's stakes like there is in like any like proper tournament where like sure um. But the stake—it's not like high stakes. It's not like you're right. going playing only. But like there, like if a player gets injured, like week to week, you're like, oh man, like and you're it keeps you engaged on a week to week basis. And so it's you know I found myself pulling out my phone wanting to check how the rest of the league is going. I'm like, I can't check it on my phone. I
1: have to wait till I get <laughs> get to my computer to check everything. Literally, there were people in that chat saying, "Like, we'll build the app. We'll make the app happen.
0: <laughs> we'll build the app. True Games Workshop. We'll do it ourselves. Yeah, we'll make the app." I'm just like, I just want an app that like can talk to my Blood Bowl account and like check my mm-hmm. league, so I can like look at how because we we've got what five divisions.
1: I think of, so. Of six yeah.
0: players each, or six teams each. So it's like. I, I need to know how the other divisions went right now because I heard there was a game today and I heard something some wacky play happened in Christian's game. And then like, I, I, you check his roster and you see the hole where a witch elf should be or, or a, a war
1: dancer should be. <laughs> mm, no. Yeah, the, the pants mafia chat was was tense that evening. <laughs> yeah. um, so so yeah, for the record, I, who's,
0: who's leading? Oh, go, go ahead. You got some there.
1: Oh, no, I was going to say, I I'm feeling some of the same feelings I had at tournaments where like... There was one tournament where by the end of the first day I was three and O, th- and that night I like had trouble sleeping because I was like, oh my, I've never been three and O before. I could like I could do well, but then what if I lose the next game? And that's how I'm feeling now, kind of at this point, where like I've had two good like tense, close games, but no one's been injured and no one has died. Oh, it's coming, and, and so it's not the <laughs> winning that I'm worried about. I, I'm have like a draw and a loss. That's not what I'm worried about. It's like. Who's going to be the first? Who's going to be the
0: first to double? <laughs> I I lost uh, like Blood Bowl punched me in the mouth immediately. Second play <laughs> of the game and the league starts uh, my uh, my uh, my uh, zombie which is not a huge loss. But <clears throat> like my zombie who's just all it has done is been on the on the line blocking. And then <laughs> so my opponents on offense he goes, he does something gets a turnover. I go I punch some stuff. And then like and then, um, and then he goes first, clicks my zombie, kills it immediately, <laughs> like just dead. And I'm like, oh, so this is this is how my blood bull season... Is. So I've been playing a player down now for two weeks. It's just like whatever. It's a zombie. But there are people out there who've lost like war dancers, like Christian. Sure. They're like lost their uh, like lost their go- their flesh golems. Uh, yeah. my opponent, uh, Travis, week one. Uh, had a really close call with losing a werewolf. Like, I, the werewolf had oh, died, geez. but Undead get a, a regeneration roll. So right. he got the regeneration roll on the sidelines so, like, his werewolf wasn't dead. But that would have been... Ugh, like, but it's those stakes. It's this... It's adding these little weird incentives. And again, you got to be masochistic about it. Like, you got to have right. that like, morbid sort of amusement because the RNG is the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Nuffle's the great equalizer. We've all got a shot... And if you think you're winning so hard and you can't possibly lose, that's when you will go for it once. Roll the die, your player will just will will trip and explode, <laughs> and then you're just like, okay, so you win that game. But now next week you lost yeah. a player, and so it's just it's really it's really fun. It's really interesting, and I'm I'm yeah. I'm having a blast with it. Um, I like that it's not a full scale war game. I couldn't play. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone was everyone was throwing in with 40k this this sort of like locked out and everyone's getting interested in 40k and i'm just like this is, this, I, I can't i want to be i'm excited for people who are loving it i mm-hmm, even look at those yeah. necron, necron models and i'm like oh like if ever there was yeah, a time yeah. i i'm all in on those necrons like i really like the models i'm like but i just i don't the the 40k universe and the the 40k style and there's just a lot of stuff about the 40k game that just it's simply not for me Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I, I'm like that kid who's sitting there on the merry-go-round, watching everybody else like running around playing tag and having a blast. And I'm like, I just, it's just like I'm not having fun. And and yeah. and I can't do two full war games, like two full sure. 2,000 point forces. But I can do 16 models on the side, you know. And with with the Blood Bowl Bloody video yeah. game, like I don't even have to paint a model. Like, don't get me wrong, I I can't wait um <laughs> to 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 get the the necromantic force and and do that going forward but that's gonna be just 16 models i can bang that on the week. even me the hobby novice like <laughs> like 16 <laughs> yeah. Models. hell yeah like and and the community for blood bowl it's it's there it's been there since 1986 we just they're just mm-hmm. kind of in the shadows and i think uh we're bringing them to the foreground, rant cast. We're doing this chat gang. <laughs>
2: uh,
0: but real quick, it looks like uh, chat gang's in here. They've been having a little show within the show early on the cold open here. Minimum Pants. would like to remind everybody for 1,000 RDP that chat gang ain't nothing to fuck with. W. Soar and the <laughs> Mad Lad doing the same. 1,000 RDP.
1: Chat gang
0: ain't nothing to mess with if you want to go with the PG-13 version. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, You're this... all of our child viewer. <laughs> One child. There is. There is is, there's but a single five-year-old that watches the show. <laughs> That's a story for a different time, though, and maybe I'll let Brendan tell it. Um, <laughs> so this is, of course, uh, ratcast 63. I am the magical Mr. Mephisto, the most dangerous aunt, uh, uh, oh, scratch noise, record scratch noise, the purple-haired wizard of the airwaves. Um, and I am joined tonight by the... Doctor Alex Milonez, how's it going? How's it going, Doctor? It's going well, thank you. This is, of course, uh, I think this is your third appearance, not not counting uh, the rantathon. Yes, so, correct. So mm-hmm. you're get, you're getting up there. You're you're approaching like Bryce and Brendan like numbers. It's like ah.
1: I didn't I didn't realize I have not intentionally checked the rankings to compare myself to other people. So I didn't realize that I was approaching a point. Now I will. Now I'm going to that'll be in my brain now.
0: Yeah, see see bowl has got the masochism angle. It's all sadism here. You got to you got to like you got to want to show up the other guests, you know? Like it's got to to have no I'm kidding. Um <laughs>
1: well, I, I know I've been on the show enough because my parents have watched it now. Really? Yes. Really? Uh, they've they found out I was on a podcast. and They're like, "Oh, we want to watch." And I told, I warned them right off the bat. I was like, "You're not going to understand ninety percent of what I say. I, you're welcome to watch, but like, a lot of what we talk about is very specific." They're like, "No, no, that's fine. Send it to us." They're like, "Yeah, we don't know who Corn is, but we feel like we learned a lot about him." <laughs> <laughs> See, the one episode, the,
0: the, the sort of the first one you're on. Mm-hmm. We're going to revisit a little bit of the actual mental health uh, side of things here tonight uh, before we get into the, the 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 list mad science that you've been <laughs> for us, which is kind of the focal point of this evening. But I did want to kind of uh, at the onset here, so the first half of the show, uh, talk a little bit about sure. mental health and that first episode you were on uh, the, the sort of like mapping the, the 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 chaos gods to, to, to human emotions, basic human emotions mm-hmm. and stuff. Still one of my favorite episodes. Uh, if oh, I, you. as the host, am allowed to have, like, favorite episodes of my own
1: show. Mm. <laughs> Much like a parent saying, I don't have a favorite child, but it's actually number three. Yeah, yeah, parents do have a favorite child. Yeah. Don't yeah. let them lie to you. <laughs> it's okay, children know two. <laughs> it's true,
0: it's true. I mean, yeah. and... and Ah, yeah, no, it's true. So so I just in case uh, folks that have missed those previous episodes, you want to do like the real quick uh, uh, pitch who you are. Uh, you know, sure. it's not a joke when I say, hey, doctor, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, Dr. Alex Milone is like, give, give the spiel real quick.
1: Sure, absolutely. So, I'm a clinical psychologist, so I have a PsyD, a doctorate in psychology, and I'm located in the Chicagoland area. I work at a community mental health center here that specializes in working with the LGBTQ population and also just with other uh, other people in the community. So um, I, most of what I do is therapy and psychological assessment, but I've also been playing Warhammer for the past few years and uh, befriended a lot of people in the Midwest through uh, through that. So uh, that's kind of where I, I intersect with all of this.
0: Right. And and to be clear, this there's no professional medical advice being given over the show. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's just simply not in in the capacity of a radio show effectively to do so
1: right yes this is in no way will i be giving any any direct psychological advice to anyone i'm not going to be providing any interventions or any recommendations beyond you know the types of thing that i might recommend to any random person i meet throughout my life so by by listening to this and engaging with me i have not become your therapist and i'm not giving you therapeutic advice in any official capacity but if you do need help if anyone in any of these episodes, you know, recognizes a need for, you know, getting engaged with mental health services, and you need help figuring out how to do that or navigating any of that, by all means, you're welcome to reach out. I'm happy to help you do that.
0: Right on, right on. All right, so so uh, disclaimer out the way, uh, let's talk a little bit about the Rantathon then. So of course, uh, sure. I, I, I ran the the Rantathon. This is that 27 hour, ended up actually being over 28 hours uh, charity marathon here on Twitch. Uh, there were some giveaways kind of alongside the charity drive. Uh, Raffle would be the wrong language that denotes Hmm. that a a sort of like uh, gambling component. It was, you know, one and done donations, you were entered to win the stuff uh, type thing. Um, But uh, yeah, we ended up raising, uh, actually, uh, I should be coming up in the next week and a half. I'll get my Twitch payout. Uh, That'll put us over $7,200 raised for uh, Mental Health America's I Don't Mind campaign. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm actually yeah. rocking rocking my I Don't Mind hat right now. It's black on black. Um, it looks really, really sharp in person, but it does not show up uh, well on camera here. <laughs> um, so we managed to raise a bunch of money uh, for that. Um, mental health has... Uh, I have... Early on in my Twitch career, which predates my, my Age of Sigmar career, uh, mm. I made the decision sort of via the RPG community because I, a lot of, like, sort of... My peers at the time, or or, or my inspirations for streaming, um, that I was like looking up to, um, mm-hmm. a couple of them did like mental health visibility posts, and I personally always have this like stigma or this worry that if I talk about my mental health, people will think I'm a whiner or I'm a wuss or I'm somehow not manly, Whoa. you know, the toxic masculinity thing. Um, right. And early on, I saw some of the just a couple of these mental health visibility posts. They really helped me. Because mm-hmm. that feeling that I'm not alone, these people I admire have their struggles, um, you know, I've, you know, and, and I'm, I then adopted that too. So by the time AOS cast rolls around, you know, I've already been mental health, you know, visibility has kind of been an early part of the cause. Um, sure. So, so uh, not to like self, uh, you know, hype too much, but it meant a lot to me personally to be able to, um put effort into not just you know saying the thing but doing something for a cause i believe in and so i thank you so much for being a part of that Um, of course especially with it being sort of adjacent to your field um Related to your field, I don't know how you'd say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody in chat gang here, everybody who donated, everybody who watched, everybody who retweeted, every every single guest who donated time, everybody who donated uh, 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 sort of prizes. Uh, thank you, everybody. It was... It far exceeded any expectation I had whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, very literally, I, I expected it to be hard to raise $1,100, and we raised over $7,000. <laughs> 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 so... so for me, it showed that the community is receptive to the message. It showed that it means a lot to people. Mm-hmm. And it showed me the power of the Age of Sigmar community. Uh, we always say that this, I always say that this is the best community in gaming. Uh, I believe <laughs> that 100%. Uh, I've, I've been around nerd stuff my whole life. I've been in various mm-hmm. communities. I'm still in, you know, I still have my, uh, you know, I still have like the hat for like you know, some games, journalism stuff. I still have some friends in that sphere that I talk to. I still uh, play RPGs constantly. You know, that's mm-hmm. kind of my original sort of passion and jumping off point into everything was RPGs. Um, and, uh, but it's just like, uh, the Age of Sigmar community is is special. I think mm-hmm. everybody proved that, you know, now it seems like forever ago, but it was about a month ago now.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think... I think people really turned out in a great way to support a cause that you know is near and dear to a lot of us. And certainly, you know, I'm biased. I'm working in the mental health field, and I know the struggles uh, that comes with the financial part of that. So any any donations that go towards that to just help people get services, help people be aware of what's out there, all of that means a great deal to to me personally, but also I'm sure to you know many of the people viewing and listening. So you know. A lot of kudos going out to the community for the hard work you did there. And it was a really nice moment professionally when, you know, at the next meeting of my practice, I was able to, in a group, say, yeah, I I went on on a podcast that I've been on a couple times, and we raised $7,000 for a mental health charity. And I got to say that to other fellow mental health professionals, and they were, you know, very impressed and very grateful. That's amazing. That's awesome.
0: You're actually kind of talking about, like, kind of quantifying, like, what, what that means like how much like what yeah. that kind of means uh in terms of like the the math or the money side of things do you want to care to take me through that or through that a little bit because I uh, to math disgusting <laughs>
1: <laughs> certainly i'm happy to and and courtesy uh to excel here who helped us with all of this um, so as a as a clinician, I I do get to see the financial side of things very much. You know, one of the benefits of being in uh, working at a nonprofit at a community mental health center is that we do have a little bit more flexibility to work with clients on the costs of sessions. You know, we can offer them sliding scales. We can help them navigate insurance and things like that. So because of that, I've gotten a good working knowledge of how much does it actually cost to attend therapy, for instance. Mm -hmm. So I have a few different tiers here. And I started, I went with 7,000 because I I knew we had broken that number and it's a nice round number. So let's say you have a pretty good insurance plan that actually covers mental health. Um, You know, there are a bunch of different companies out there that offer plans where you'll just pay a copay every time you go in. And... But you're paying that every week if you're working with a therapist. You know, you might move to bi weekly and things like that, but figuring that you're going in once a week for a session, you know, that copay adds up pretty quickly. So roughly on average, I would say a $30 copay is is pretty common. So that seven thousand dollars that we raised, that's two hundred and thirty-three sessions if you're if you're paying that copay. So that money represents, you know, four years of work with a therapist on someone's mental health issues. And that is a lot of solid work that you can do in that time frame. That's awesome. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Or four people for a year each
1: (laughs) or four people for a year each. Absolutely. And that is that is nothing to sneeze at. Um of having worked in this field there are times when you know in in a month or in 3 months you can make a lot of headway and you can make a lot of progress on some issues but sometimes it can take up to a year to really unlock some things get some good habits or new perspectives or in in place or to start to work your way through some really complicated and challenging situations so you know a year might seem like a lot but sometimes i turn around with my clients and i realize it's been a year and it feels like you know, we're we've made good progress, but there's still so far to go. Right.
0: Right. Now the the term that's been like really in in the foreground of my thoughts and, and mind lately when it comes to mental health and stuff like that is 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 mm-hmm. thoughtfulness. Right. Sure. Um so I in many respects, uh my I you know, I prefer to as my spiral or like, you know, this this darkness inside me. I've talked about the tar in my bones that is mm. just there and I can't escape it, it comes out regardless. Um what, one of the terms I've, I've heard most used. So like something happens, like stimulus response, mm-hmm. my response from, you know, my mental health is often to skew negative. Uh, I go into one of my spirals. Um, sometimes it's just a time thing. I know mm-hmm. in about four days, I just run out of happy, you know, like sure. I, I will just, I'm done with that. I I have a finite amount of happy um, and I can feel that like sort of like that weight beginning to build that that coming on of this this sort of like descent down through my spiral and that I'm just going to be in it Um, one of the things that has helped me the most was becoming aware one aware and admitting it Um, right you know but like check like sort of checking in on the clues and, and going okay I like you know if I'm like if I'm really depressed today and like someone talks to me I have a higher pro, like I have a higher chance of probably being an asshole to them. You know, Mm -hmm. like being aware that I'm in that mood can help me check myself and just be thoughtful and mindful because you're going to have that sort of stimulus response action action. you know, Mm -hmm. make an angry tweet at somebody or Facebook post and engage and get mad. But then you have to engage that sort of second higher brain function and go okay, I know that I am here right now mentally, Uh, this is where I'm at, and then like kind of engage that and sometimes I can thwart it uh, you mm-hmm. know so really uh I wait to to make any social media especially now with with <laughs> with uh the the isolation mounting and and hopefully uh social some social change coming through that I think is is long long overdue and we get hopefully we can get some lasting social change but I digress sure on, on hijacking the this the show with that um mm-hmm. but it, you know before I make the angry tweet, Or, or, or Facebook post, I engage that sort of thoughtfulness and go, hang on a second, Andrew. You're, you're worked up right now. Uh, you're feeling bad already because you're just in one of your loops, dude. Like, pause. Do you still feel like sending it in a little bit? Can you reword this or rephrase this? You know, I've, I've spent a whole Mm -hmm. day with a message I've wanted to send. It's usually a little bit more on my personal Facebook side of things. With a Mm -hmm. message I've wanted to send, and I don't send it. I would just wait a long time, and this—I mean, this is just general advice for for Facebook discipline and general social media discipline Story in general. But after one whole day, I'm like, time to send it. Like, and then I look at it, <laughs> I take out some of the scathing, meaner language, uh, you know, and then like keep the body post, and then like I like I actually like Control C, Control V it onto a text plain text document on my desk desktop, and be like, if mm-hmm. I still feel like sending it in a day, we'll go back to it. And I've done that. And uh, I did I that actually, like very recently. My most <laughs> uh, very recently on my Facebook post, I sent out. I did that, um, but it's it's that that thoughtfulness and trying to engage that sort of second tier of thought beyond mm-hmm. the, the reactionary like brain, like just that sort of reaction stimulus response sort of thing. Uh, because again, I do skew negative, I skew sure. sarcastic, I skew in all these kind of. I have to consciously try to be a positive person and i know Mm -hmm. there's kind of a fallacy there where i don't think i can just will myself to be a positive person like and and when someone tells me oh you just think positively and then you're positive and then it's not a you know and then you don't have to make it a habit anymore because it's just how you are and i'm like 35 years man like (laughs) like 35 years i had about seven of them where i was happy and then, like after that, it was just a tailspin of chaos and horror and hell, you know. Oh. You know, I the physical scars I can still point out on my body. I assure you, the mental scars that were left are are just as as there still. I'm like, oh. so that like I get mad at the whole like just pull yourself up by the bootstraps, be happy sort of, you know, positive for sake of positive like message. And I'm like, but I also recognize the need for me to kind of engage that second secondary thought and go wait Normal. a second pump the brakes now the counting thing with my anger does not work whatsoever i found <laughs> but uh but yeah maybe you could yeah. speak a little bit to thoughtfulness because that might that's what i've sure. really been thinking about lately especially right now especially in isolation especially when everyone i feel like everyone not maybe not everyone i'm projecting but i feel mm-hmm. like you know the back to the wall sort of vibe sometimes
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think thoughtfulness is a a really good word for it, and actually captures the the word that we might use to capture the the psychological philosophy behind this is mindfulness. And if you think about those two words, you know, how close they are already. And it's very much the types of things you're talking about, that if we are aware of our own internal patterns of our emotional reactions, of our, our our physical body and how it responds to these situations. If we've built that awareness, then it, that makes it much easier for us to try to change or intervene or adjust how we approach a situation. Um, the analogy I'll often use is that of bringing a car to a mechanic. If your mechanic has no idea what's wrong with your car, just that something's wrong with it, I mean, they can replace a fan belt. Maybe that will help, but I mean, who knows? That may or may not do anything. But if your mechanic is able to diagnose the problem, then whatever they do to repair the car is much more likely to actually help. Mm -hmm. And so that's where that mindfulness comes in. as When we have that awareness of ourselves uh, and also that measure of acceptance of who we are and, and what those reactions are, how much easier it is to try to intervene in some way and also to recognize that sometimes the intervention's not successful. Or sometimes it just doesn't work or you don't have the resources. And so you have to, you know, find some other ways around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is the type of thing that you build up over these longer stretches of therapeutic work. Um, either doing that with one provider, either doing that, you know, by going back to therapy if you've done it for a while. You know, these are this awareness of yourself and of your thinking and your and your emotions, you get that from that sustained work. So that's one of the nice benefits of being able to access therapy that readily. Mm-hmm. Right, right
0: on, yeah. right on. Um, so um, we also so that's I think we've been a little bit on the the heavier side of things a little bit, we, but mm-hmm. we were kind of talking about in the pre show about some of the lighter sides of of some some mental health perhaps corks, especially in the in, in the gaming context. So like with, mm-hmm. with we got to bring it back to Age of Sigmar. This is for rant. sure. We can't stay on the rabbit holes too long. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, like uh, uh, you mentioned, like some sort of ridiculousness or some lighthearted uh, sides sure. to this.
1: So it's there are definitely areas where we can recognize our own neuroticism or the habits that we run into that we apply here. And I think like Age of Sigmar player list building is such a great example of that. Um, I, I posted on Twitter recently about a very archetypal discussion in the Pants Mafia chat of me being like, but let's talk about Corsairs. And both Christian and Kyle being like, we've done this, man. We've been over this. (laughs) <laughs> they're they're not good, but we want you to build the army. But they're not good, and I'm like, well, but maybe they're, and and there it goes. And so, um, we we get into these types of things, and you see it based on the people you know in the community.
0: Like, uh, not gonna call out Kyle here in the Pants Mafia, but Morgast. <laughs> I mean, more
1: g- <laughs> Yes, the Morgast list that right. uh that w- we've worked on at times. Um, or even you'll you know you had a whole episode with brendan and isaiah where they were talking about their approaches to list building and so now i bet any time brendan writes a list i'll be like where are the threats brendan where are the three threats yeah, we, yeah. we're gonna break out the red highlighter and circle them
0: right right no i mean and that's yeah. the thing is like maybe i mean that might be part of his his like sort of like uh ner- i don't call it neuroses or neur- neurotics mm-hmm. but like he's got to have the three threats right like look um. for him look for, look for him in the list i mean until you put terms to some of this stuff it's hard to look for you know Mm -hmm. um you know i think we we mostly the traditional way of looking at a list is is hammer anvil do you Mm -hmm. have one of each is usually helpful i think that's a little bit of a fallacy these days because some armies simply don't have anvils um Mm -hmm. you know like beast of chaos maybe it makes you a bad army that you don't have anvils but some armies once you get over that like sort of anvil hammer mentality You're like if everything's disposable and everything's a hammer <laughs> then now how do I build a list you know like right. and, and, when you unlock like these weird potentials or what I you know thinking from the back foot or, or whatever I, I I tend to say or punching from the back foot when you learn how to do that then you become really dangerous with your list science um but sometimes it's fun to just uh was this uh vanilla sauce he best not be about to tell me I'm wrong for having 27 more <laughs> gruntas
1: <laughs> but and i think this is where you can start to you can start to play with yourself as well by recognizing some of these patterns in yourself and then intentionally trying to either subvert them or play to them so like if you're the guy running the 27 gorg Runt-a list then and you've been doing that for a while and then you show up to a day and someone's like, "Oh, where are the Gorgron?" And you're like, "No, I've got you know host duplicitous horrors here." People are going to be like, "I don't know what to do with you now." Like, <laughs> you brought a disposable army that's magic heavy. I'm used to you being the hard hitting Iron Jaws guy, and now what? What? How do I respond to this? Right. Um, and you can use that to challenge yourself to play in different ways too, or or find ways that play to strengths you may not have realized you had.
0: Right. That's kind of like like the mindfulness of list design, right? Like you're recognizing right. your own. Uh, pitfalls and, and quirks and leaning into them or, or, or throttling them back as uh, as it serves sort of your enjoyment of the game.
1: Sure. Yeah, like, if you know for a fact, I don't know anyone like this, but you start a list and somehow there's 30 Blackguard in it, then, you know, you might realize, okay, well, maybe I need to change my approach to list building, but I'm aware of this pattern now, so I can change. 90 Blackguard is what I need to do in this list. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, essentially,
0: with, with a big part of Age of Sigmar, mm. if for me, it really is picking your your type of fun. And in mm-hmm. a social game, communicating the type of fun you wish to have, sure, which, is, which yeah. is another another important side of that. Uh, you know, I think going to a tournament, it goes without saying that there is a competitive, like, sort of framework around it. So you mm-hmm. should be prepared for to encounter people on a competitive level. Sure, but once you make that reservation and go, okay, check, I know, okay, cool, this is the that, that you're also going to encounter a lot of the people who are there really just that want to bring their 27 gorkontos, drink beer, and play five rounds of Age of Sigmar, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's that too, and being mindful of it, mm-hmm. I think, is only going to enhance your enjoyment of the game. I mean, maybe that's what I was talking about at the cold open there with, uh, with, with, uh, with Blood Bowl. If you're yeah. mindful, if you're aware. Of the sort of like the masochism to, you must possess, in knowing that if I go for it, I could knock out my own player right now.
1: You yeah you, you go ahead. You you picked the halfling team. You knew what you were getting into <laughs> when you picked the halfling team. Right. So don't. Uh, so you need to have that that awareness to go into that, saying, I, okay, I know what type of fun I'm setting out to have, <laughs> and sometimes that can help to insulate you against some of the morale <laughs> shocks you can have. I think when it's... like. That what? dice roll doesn't go your way.
0: I think it's really funny because, uh, you don't realize it, but Vanilla Sauce is the halfling player in our Blood Bowl League. <laughs> is the same person as 27 Gore Gruntus. So now we're just calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic.
1: Oh, no. man. I'm rooting so, for him, says Frank. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, having, having that mindfulness, you can apply it to so many different parts of your life, and that applies just as well to Age of Sigmar. So, you know... Uh, if you know you're the type of player who has a really hard time not aiming for the alpha strike, then build the alpha strike list. Then you're playing to your own native disposition mm-hmm. or build a list where you literally cannot alpha strike and then you can subvert that in yourself. You've literally taken the option away and then perhaps you can learn something different when you're not engaging in that innate tendency.
0: Well, this this goes towards my uh, a lot of my tenants about Hashtag get it, the what has become known as the get goodening. Mm. Um, <laughs> this is of course, uh, this is of course based on a uh, on like uh, a comment I got on one of when I was on Vince's one time. Someone's like, did he just tell me to get good? But but like, but with smart words or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> was the and, and then like I had to like at first I was kind of like angry because get good telling someone to get good is like it's super dis- It's very dismissive. It's very no. kind of crass. And I'm like, oh no. Like, I'm not, like, I don't want to be thought of as the type of guy who, like, dismisses people. and But, like, sure. but I've, I've now since flipped it, and I, it's the get good Like, it's self-aware in that, like, yeah, sometimes what I'm saying is, like, get good, but, like, I'm not dismissing you. And I think that's the big breakdown. Like, you know, some, sure. you, you are valid to feel the way you do, but mm-hmm. before we get to the table flip mode of, like, I got lost, I'm not getting better, I'm not winning games, what else can we do? Right? What, yeah. uh, how? Where can we uh, Where can we get good? Right? If you're the Alpha... St- alpha Strike's a fantastic example. You know, mm-hmm. if you are... Like, if all you want to do is Alpha, boy, have I got an army for you. <laughs> I hope you like eels or are really good at converting them, though, because uh, yeah. you're going to be playing IDK. But, okay, so this is like what the S-tier peak version of that looks like, IDK. What does that look like now? I'm aware that I just want to Alpha Strike. What does that look like in the faction I enjoy? Mm-hmm. Iron Jaws sure. or, or, or OBR. I could build you an Alpha Strike list in OBR. It probably looks an awful lot like um it probably looks an awful lot like the Gorgruntas list except instead of pigs, it's horses.
1: Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it might be part, part Gorgruntto. We don't know where those bones come from.
0: Right, 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 right. yeah, they could yeah. be part Gorgrunto, that's right.
1: Yeah. Um Oh, conversion converters. idea. There you go, a gift to you.
0: Yeah, there you go. There you go, a gift for converters out there. Um, yeah, so it's, it's just, I mean, once you're aware, I mean, this that's that mindfulness. You need to be mindful of, and I said thoughtfulness for like half an hour like an idiot. I meant mindfulness the whole time. So thank you, <laughs> I thank mean, you for waiting for so until point. after I talked about it to correct me.
1: <laughs> well, i i didn't want to i didn't want to rob you of this term that you were connected to. Oh. Also, I didn't know if mindfulness, if that was a mistake or if thoughtfulness was the word itself. Either well, way, I, we're talking I, about I, the I, same concept.
0: I call it, you know, I'm, i've have tended to call it being thoughtful or being mindful because it also ties sure. into being thoughtful of others. I think mindful is, is very much internal, like be thoughtful of others, be thoughtful of yourself. I think that's where my brain was like kind of connected to it. So I have no regrets. Um, yeah, it wasn't. No, a mistake. Nor should you. It wasn't a mistake. No, but yeah, the, no. the the mindful aspect of like of gameplay, I think, is is do you? I mean, is that even something you care to look? Uh, you know, call, uh, put your attention on, right? Do yeah. you care to look at the fact that you're you're you, you just really want to play executioners? Like you just lo- right. every time you build a cities of Sigmar list, you're like thirty executioners is where I start every list, right? Like, do you even, right. like do you want to have that awareness and, and like lean into it? Yes or no? And like. You you gotta go. I mean, that's what mindfulness, uh, you know, or the totally unique uh, rantcast term thoughtfulness. That's really thoughtfulness, at the core. Of, yeah, yeah rantcast
1: TM thoughtfulness.
0: T, right, thoughtfulness <laughs> TM is. Do you is that something you want? Right, like do you even mm-hmm. want to 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 address it, think about it, and stuff? And I I think you enhance your fun when you're when you up your awareness. I, yeah, like, that's that's what it's all about. That's why you know. I think it, that that just leaning into your like sort of like neuroticism a little bit when it comes to the game. Um, you know, the, the, on the other neurotic side, it could be you just want to win games, right? Like, sure. Maybe yeah. that's all you want to do. Like you're you are like you're you're completely you're in a comfortable position in your life and you you have the hobby time to do it. You can commit to building a vault uh, not <laughs> calling out anybody who has the vault terminology. We don't know you, you want to commit to building a vault over over time, so you have like a mm-hmm. good rotation of models you can bring in and out, um, yeah. and and constantly kind of be be retooling and building the new thing, and 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 applying to win games as best you can, right? Like that is mm-hmm. its own type of reward. I think that it's interesting because like I I respect people who are honest about that. So much Mm -hmm. when they're honest with themselves and they're honest with me, that like it's the person who's walks up with the hardest list in the room and they're like, Oh, I just playing for fun, yo. Like, really? Oh, okay, with your hyper tuned S tier, like, oh, no, no, no. See, this one's fluffy. I uh, I took a different 100 point hero or I changed an artifact. See how fluffy it is that I have a different artifact, like, okay, dude. Um, like if you were just if you just were like, oh, dude, I'm here to win. I'd be like, okay, now I know how to engage you on the table. Like I sure, yeah, if, and that goes both ways. You know, if you're yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I, I uh, actually uh, Jacob Barry from the to Rage of Sigmar podcast. This is this is a bit of an outdated take now, but he was talking about Skaven during the heights of his power. Mm-hmm. Like he did want to win games. He was bringing rat trap. Mm-hmm. If he walked up to the table, he would have that conversation with his opponent. If his opponent wasn't there to be competitive and filthy, he wouldn't cast the rat trap.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: It. Just wouldn't cast it. Try to win games mm-hmm. straight up. And I'm like, being able to change those gears, you're not going to be mm-hmm. able to do that without that, one, the discussion, and two, that sort of, that mindfulness, that sure. awareness of the of the situation and the ability to kind of put thought into it and, and change.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, in my work, I often pair mindfulness with concepts of acceptance and compassion. And I think this uh, this really taps into some of that. That with that awareness, you're able to then turn around and accept what you find there. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you approve it or you condone it or you or that like you it or you have fun it. that
0: way too, right? Like you, you, you might, might not, yeah. I mean, if you're not on that axiom, you're not on that axiom, you know. if you, Sure. But, but continue, but, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, you know, using this example, Knows that he's interested in being competitive. He wants to try to win the event. That's where the fun is going to lie for him. And accepting that that's the type of army he wants to play. That's the type of experience he wants to have. And that's okay to do that. Mm -hmm. And then to then ask himself, well, then with that, you know, how do I be kind to myself, but also how do I be kind to other players? You now, being kind to me might be building the toughest, hardest-nail list I can think of, but being kind to any other player is asking them what kind of game are they looking for, and if they're not looking for that kind of game, is there a way that I can even tone it down a little bit without sacrificing my fun of trying to win the event, but will also make it so they don't feel like, you know, they get shut out in 30 minutes and pack up their, their army they worked so hard on and then have nothing to do for two hours. Right, right.
0: and if, if both players are doing this, if both players are doing this, Mm-hmm. you won't have a bad game by the way sure yeah. you know um one would hope one would hope yeah i mean mm-hmm. my i mean i have it's it, we get further and further away from like when i started playing tournaments versus now cuz i mean this year is a little bit of a punt but but sure. uh you know a couple years under my belt of a tournament a month or every two months for like a, a gt like i was racking up a bunch of tournament experience in mm-hmm. that time span, I used to say I had two bad games. The other bad game I have since forgotten even what that one was. <laughs> like, so now I only remember one bad game. Mm-hmm. Because the, the breadth of, like, the good games I have, and the great experiences I have, and I I do possess that ability to engage the game a little bit differently. Um, uh, mm. Tobin Prime, for instance, plays a very chess-sort of, like, controlled, like, straightforward, like, really competitive game. Playing against Tobin, um, uh, 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 recently, uh, Kashada I played against at at Paka played a very like sort of similar game to to Tobin, where it's very controlled, competitive, mm-hmm. trying to win the game. And then we both recognize that. Then we're we play really strong table, like really mm-hmm. strong table play. And the banter shifts off a little bit of the like sort of like uh, you know social fun aspect to like the sort of like uh, the 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 gentlemanly sort of jousts of like, right. you know of like competitive speak and. And because, like, we were both able, we had that conversation. Like, it's it just uh, on the you know on the flip side. Like, I've also I'm also going to buy you a beer and like right. you know do that other stuff. Depend again, depending. And so I, it's it's super important, I think, to those those other two things that awareness and the compassion. If we're both mm. compassionate for each other at the table, if we both possess compassion for each other at the table, we're both yeah. interested in wanting the other person to have a good experience.
1: Even and if I think we don't lo- see
0: eye to eye, go ahead, yeah.
1: Sure, and I think that even allows you to potentially join the other person in their side of the game, and vice versa, It encourages them to join you, so that when they get that, you know, terrific dice roll that puts you in a shitty position, you're better able to, you know, uh, have a buffer against the morale blow there of, like, you just made an 11-inch charge, and I did not expect you to do that. But you're better able to turn around and be like, holy shit, you just made that charge. Like, Hot damn, this is this game's going a different direction now. Alright, let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my... Some days you'll be able to do that, some days you won't. Right. That's okay. But right. you make it more likely.
0: Right. Oh man, I'm still I'm still mad about Scary Kramer dying on, on turn two. And winning MVP and depriving me of precious, precious star player points. Go ahead and I see you, Frank. I see you adding to the list of, of, of Rant cast uh... Rant cast uh, drinking game rules which is now every time I talk about scary Kramer my zombie that died take a drink of, of water milk or or, or, or other beverage um, right. he I've actually got my water pitcher here with me tonight um, <laughs> drink <laughs> but yeah I'm like I'm still like salty but like I know that I'm salty about it like I, I know that I, I possess an honest amount of right. salt and So now my joy has become kind of flipping it to kind of indulging the, 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 uh, sort of the shameless, righteous indignation of it a little bit. Right, right. But, like, also giving myself a break and being like, dude, you know, you're being dumb. You're being silly. Like,
2: Mm.
0: And so, like, by... Because at first, when it happened, I was like... It would deflate... Like, I was was just like... Like, I got to the end of the game having a good conversation, and I remember this distinct, sort of, like, sobering moment where I'm like... That motherfucker
1: just got my star <laughs> player points.
0: Like, I'm just like, that, that, when that happened, my mood, which was like kind of cheerful, like, great game, ha ha ha, I was uh, getting tired, you know, so like losing a little mm-hmm. bit of energy, but that was the moment where I was just like, like, it's the, um, uh, it's the coffee, the coffee, uh, uh, bit from SNL with, uh, with, with Chris Farley, where he's like sitting there and he's like, like, have you been? A, are you aware that like we just switched your coffee for this other brand, the decaf brand? And he's like, you did. Like in his face, like gradually. <laughs> he's like, you did what? You son of a bitch! And he just like, and he progress escalates, and he just gets like mad, and like by the end of it, like the ladies, his they just like, why and crying, and like, it's, and people are like hitting him, and it's like, I'm like, I kind of like did that on a micro scale, of like, of like the the like, you got my star player points you
1: son or a, of a bitch <laughs> or like... as razor tree has named them slain player points
0: uh, uh, but but he's the mvp of the dead players i <laughs> like no other dead player has that esteem none of right, them yeah. <laughs> eight players died week 1 eight of them that means we had what we had um, we had 15 games more than half of the games there was a player death wow to 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 quantify cuz we had 15 games yeah. thir- 30 teams yeah. Yeah, math. Uh, <laughs> that means more than half that so that so one game had two deaths, right? Mm-hmm. Or or they spread out differently and weirdly.
1: Um but uh
0: so, yeah. yeah and, and of
1: the, but but of all those of players the games, Yeah. Go ahead. Then he is he is the best. Right. He is the best of that motley crew of dead things. Right, and he was undead to begin with,
0: so he had to die <laughs> right. a second time even. It's dead Yeah, re-dead. Um, undead and then re So, mm-hmm. like, I mean, really, if there was going to be an MVP of all the dead players, uh, Scary Kramer, which, of course, uh, might play on Jerry Kramer, the Hall of Famer for the Packers. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, drink. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. You're sharp. You're, you're sharp there, chat gang. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, mindfulness, compassion... Uh, awareness well, um,
1: yeah i think these are these are important things to cultivate in our own lives so we can certainly apply them to age of sigmar and you can use that in ways to build lists that you think you're more likely to enjoy playing or, or piloting um, you can use that to figure out how you want to engage with your opponents and with the game um, you can figure out lots of different aspects there and apply that well and hopefully lead to either having better games or insulating yourself against some of the, the shocks to your enjoyment that can happen when you're playing a game based on dice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean and and it's 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 fine to have that like sort of that, that initial that 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 stimulus response, that that mm-hmm. base like of course. emotion. Right. I mean this yeah. is in life it is, as it is in Age of Sigmar. You know, it's okay to feel bad. There's I feel like with Age of Sigmar sometimes it can feel a little bit challenging because we have this the sportsmanship score like mm-hmm. thing kind of hanging around us and so um, I, I've said before and I'll say again I don't mind a fake nice asshole it's better than just <laughs> dealing with an asshole like mm. uh, as long as you can't game the system to win
1: whatever who cares um, no, as a New Yorker I will disagree really Okay, uh, but 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 no, but I caveat that as a New Yorker, not not as a mental health professional. Fair, Um fair. This this is my uh, me being a jaded Yankee. But you know, when I spend time in the South and I get exposed to some of that, um, like Southern hospitality, but plus, almost uh, like plus sac- her heart, the the, the, yeah, her the heart. like saccharine style, you know, yeah. like nice. I'm like get the out of here. You don't know who I am. You don't give a shit. <laughs>
0: I, yeah, I mean that's that's fair in reality. I think in Age of Sigmar, um I've had the opposite side of that, which is the like the, the Magic of the Gathering. And I I, I, I sure. need to clarify here that like I, I make fun of the Magic of the Gathering headphone guy a lot. Um mm-hmm. but like I, I get it, I truly do. It's just a fun punchline. Uh so yeah. so I'm not I'm not gonna jump I'm not gonna pile on MTG Headphone guy again this mm-hmm. time. This time you're in the you're in the you're in the you're in the little bubble that I put up here in the in the top corner of the screen (laughs) where you're protected uh for the for the episode i cast protect um
1: and and i will say i think there is something to be said for your point when you're standing at the table with that person for three hours yeah i'd rather have someone being polite and nice to me even if i sense it's inauthentic if i have to be there for three hours with them right if it's a three minute interaction yeah i could i could give two shits about that
0: right and and where i was going with this is i think there's there's a small burden to kind of like um uh, you know, sort of check your emotions, and mm-hmm. and then that can that can feel there's like sort of a disharmony there when like I see I, I box cars, or I watch you box cars. The charge you mm. had to roll the twelve, like I'm gonna have that like sort of visceral like Ugh, no, you Go know, on. like I have that moment, and now I'm supposed to be like fake happy for you, like ah you know that that can feel difficult to reconcile and i think this comes back to if you have that compassion it can if you have that awareness that compassion all that stuff going in you can buffer against it but sometimes you can't help that like initial sort of like punch you take when you're like um my response is to not has been to not be fake (laughs) you know i i I lean in i lean into the like the the when someone rolls the box cars like no no like you know but i i get on that that sort of uh I turn on my like wrestling heel, wrestling face sort of like mm. ability to like lean in and indulge the energy of the of the time, you know. Sure, that, but that's just because uh, I mean that's that's part of the fun for me too is is mm-hmm. the, the pageantry of play, you know. I lie, sure, to be
1: that. to be authentically upset but play it up for yeah, for to good play, cheer. I mean, yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, no one would possibly like make an entire show utilizing <laughs> that same strategy.
1: No, never. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I yeah, very much I know what you mean when, uh, you know, Christian somehow makes 80% of his saves. It doesn't matter if it's a two-up save or a five-up save or a six-up save. He makes 80% of his saves. And so there is a little bit of practice I have to get there of, like, you make six saves at Ren 2 and, of course, you made five of them. Of course you did. Yeah. Of course you did. Yeah. Right. Great. Well, another turn, slogging it out with this hero who should have been dead in turn one.
0: Right right
1: so yeah you but it that that can be where it's helpful to have practice games against friends to get that experience of i'm playing with someone i know i like this person i care about them you know they're doing well it sucks to be in this position i really wish their character was dead but this is my friend so you know i'm gonna find a way to to celebrate that but maybe it's not this turn maybe it's next turn right 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 i think that
0: and and then you know the you know, the grace and defeat and humility and in, in, sure. in victory, a little bit of those things, like, um, you don't have to, like, fake cheer for me. Anybody, I'm, this is a, I'll go on record here, if you're playing me in Age of Sigmar, you do not have to fake cheer for me when I roll those boxcars. Um, if you do... Uh, I'm actually going to at the table. Like you're not happy about that. Don't don't lie to me. <laughs> like I, I did this with um. I think Dave Dave Wiedek and I we played. That's how we got The Age of Sigmar the musical uh, from Garage Hammer at PACA, is because like we like he was you know he's such such a nice guy at the table. I'm like I'm like whoa. Like I was kind of blown away a little bit because he's very very nice in in the podcast and stuff like that. But I like I guess the one game I caught him previously was a, a teams game and he was a little overwhelmed that day. And playing him in a singles was like a completely different experience. I'm like, wow, okay, man, this is mm-hmm. amazing. So first off, like, don't judge people based on one game, you know? Sure, like, yeah. Um, you you don't know, you you don't know uh, this what war is going on inside them at any given moment, you know? Like, yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: So, so uh, yeah. Anyway, play against him, and like he was like being the he was doing that cordial thing where he's like being really nice about like some of the stuff, and like I had to snap him into like into like that sort of wrestling persona side of it. I'm like, no 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 no. This is a war. You're stepping <laughs> to Nagash, this is a revolt. You know, like don't cheer in 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 the oppressor oppressing you. Revolt. Fight back. You know, like it was like, so, you know, adding that narrative spin to, to a completely competitive, well, I mean, pack is its own own thing, but, like, adding that narrative spin to it and giving yourself ways to cheer for each other, too. I mean, because, yeah. because now I'm cheering for the revolt, right? Like, and that's what I was doing in that in that sense, is, like, I get to still be the bad guy, which is my fun in that, that context. Um, sure. And I've talked to people at length about how, like, I think I'm a pretty good guy in reality, so I have to play the bad guys in games like this. Because otherwise, mm, yeah. I will just i my RP brain. If I'm playing Stormcast Eternal, I will do the heroic self-sacrifice thing every single <laughs> time and never win games because I won't be <laughs> able to turn off that axiom of my that that part of me. It's like I went in to play Mass Effect Two recently, very mm-hmm. re- recently, isn't a couple years ago because I, I love that game, and I'm like, okay, finally, I'm gonna do my Renegade playthrough, and I make like the douchebag decision like once, and I'm like. Doesn't feel right. Shepard's not a douchebag. He's a yeah. leader, or she is a leader of 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 humankind, and like the coolest person, the most benevolent person in the galaxy. Why is Shepard being a douchebag here? And like, I couldn't, I couldn't commit. I couldn't commit to the renegade playthrough.
1: Uh, no, no, I, I completely get it. I. Uh, me and a couple of friends, uh, we had introduced a, a friend of ours to Mass Effect and he had never played it before. And he was playing through 2 and he was making the Renegade choices. And me and my friend, every time, we're sitting behind him looking at each other like, he, he picked the Renegade choice. He, <laughs> he he, was so mean to that person. He's doing it. <laughs> how, how could he do that? We found out later that this person had some very questionable morals. And so I'm not saying that that tracks onto renegade players, but you know I'm just tossing that out there as a data point. (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) maybe if you make the renegade choices in Mass Effect, (laughs) you're a bad person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The minute, the minute, the minute Tali shows up, my resolve to be a renegade goes out the window. Like (laughs) (laughs) the minute Tali, like Voss Normandy, shows up, Hmm. and I'm just like, ah, Tali, I. Yeah, whatever you whatever you need, I will save the galaxy for you. Oh yeah, <laughs> fleet, your your fleet thing. I can't be mean to everybody in the fleet and make you look bad. I can't like I can't destroy the gal like any like every time anything. I like Talia's Bay. You got it. Yeah,
1: yeah, in, yeah. Like in three, when the you you meet one of the higher up Solarians and they're like, just betray the Krogan and like. Doom their entire species. It's like, what planet did you grow up on, where well, that's okay? Like, yeah. yeah. Granted, the Krogan are a bunch of rough around the edges asshats who tried to conquer the galaxy, so I can see where they're coming from. But still. still. Oh,
0: but like your your POV for them is freaking Rex, mm-hmm. like one of the dopest characters ever written. How can you no? Know? <laughs> like, right. And yeah. and the greatest and and. When Mass Effect Three eventually comes out, I'll have some opinions on it. But hypothetically speaking, if it did come out and they did a Morden Solus scene where he cures the Genophage, it mm. might be the only redeeming moment in that entire game.
1: I don't. I don't think that game is that bad. We're I don't not think doing it's it. In... Matrix treatment where people are like, "It's a shame they never made more Matrix films." No,
0: for me it is a shame that they never made another. They never uh, completed Mass Effect. They just skipped right to Andromeda.
1: Um, so, so you're so you're okay with Andromeda, but you're are are yeah. holding out. These problems. everyone. This is now the Mass Effect podcast. This Welcome. happens once every now. <laughs> this
0: happens every so often. Um, this is why the rant cam exists. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's for when you, when I get triggered to have to like yell about Mass Effect again. Um, I'm still not okay with it. I don't like. i my all the mindfulness in the world. The only way I can do is have uh, is have a uh, you know uh, some some uh, uh, dissonance. Uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, perception reality delusion. Uh, delusion. No, no, no. Cognitive dissonance. Mm. Uh, like. Uh, we actually humans possess cognitive dissonance as like a, a mm-hmm. as a defense mechanism. This is mm. obviously in the in the social media sense. Uh, there is a uh, you know you know what I mean when I say cognitive dissonance on the internet. Sure. Uh, as a species evolving, we there are a lot of predators when you're a caveman, and <laughs> the reality is you're probably going to get at by one of them. Mm. And so the brain developed this ability to sort of like fracture reality from itself mm. and, so that you wouldn't experience it that, that's one of the leading theories anyway on mm. on is cognitive dissonance uh like a good trait because we we possess this is a trait we possess just like depression is a trait we possess as a as a species sure. like all these things that we possess they're they're not in our we don't have them for no reason right mm-hmm
1: yeah. Typically, when I when I talk about cognitive dissonance uh, from a psychological perspective, I usually use that to explain that really uncomfortable feeling that we get when we realize that our our actions and our beliefs and our feelings don't align. They don't all align. Yeah. Yeah, our our brain generally does not like it when that's the case. Yeah. But that's also not an uncommon situation for us to run into because we can hold many beliefs, some of which are conflicting, and hold multiple different emotions about right. them at the same time. Right.
0: Like like how Mass Effect doesn't exist, because if it did, I would feel really, really bad right now about the entire series, and I wanna love what I love about it, which is everything except for three <laughs> ruining my game.
1: <laughs> but if we if we are approaching this from a place of acceptance, no. we are able to turn around no, and not ready. say that not ready. We that you can love this series and still be hurt that 3 was not the game you wanted it to be. And it's okay to be hurt by but that. But like but like if I could
0: just if if they're like if they hired me Andrew J V Mr. Meth Heggy to come mm. on, I could be like Hey, so you know how, like, you're going to do a deus ex machina for the ending? Like, just don't. G- scrap that. And, mm. um, you know, the whole, like, Commander Shepard did nothing for six months. He just sat in a prison cell. Don't mm. start the game that way. That's really bad. And mm. all the money you're putting into a multiplayer. Now, it is a good multiplayer. You're right. It's competent. Take that money. Get you some writers to fix that other mm. shitty stuff. And then don't release it that way. Oh yeah, and the whole thing—how I, I spent two hundred hours on two games before this each, and uh, none of my decisions meant anything. <laughs> you t- and like I I'm like I'm okay with none no. of my decisions meaning anything. I've played video games my whole life where decisions are meaningless, sure. or they're really really like polar and nonsensical, like in the original uh, Bioshock where it's just like it literally comes down to do you eat babies or don't you eat babies? Right. Like <laughs> like do, like which are, like look at this. Moral- are you a
1: com- Are you a complete asshat, or are you someone who likes children? Right, right. This is not really a hard choice to make for the majority of us.
0: Yeah, look at how, evil, like, purely, like, what morality are you talking about? Anyway.
1: Yeah. Anyway, if they had just, (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't have cared. Morality scale.
0: I I wouldn't have cared. I wouldn't have cared. But you told me my decisions matter. For 200 hours, you told me that.
1: And then you created tools to literally allow me to import my decisions because you told me they mattered that much. Yeah, I saved an entire species. Do you know what it
0: did? Nothing. It, I got plus two points on the on the battlefront map. Right. Ooh. But Morton yeah. Solis' scene was freaking epic. It was amazing. That's yeah. what we got.
1: <sighs> and I and I did appreciate being able to resolve the like Quarian um, geth conflict. <sighs> It was a little ham-fisted for me. Probably, uh, yeah. Like, but I, but I think they they approached it. In apparently, a of...
0: uh, apparently, you could get Tali killed in that sequence. What monster would possibly do that?
1: Oh yeah, if you if you, from what I've heard, uh, the game has been out long enough. So sorry, everyone. If you care about spoilers, you probably should have played it already. But there is um, no way to save Legion. You you can't save Legion specifically, no. But if uh, no, if you side with the Geth, then Tali watches the Quarian fleet get wiped out and uh, kills Who would herself. Do, what monster would do that? I guess you really like AI.
0: <laughs> what monster? I got... <laughs> I got Tali killed because I did complete. You're a monster. But hypothetically, because it doesn't exist. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically speaking. And why well, am I okay with Andromeda? Because Andromeda is not not the series I was invested in. Uh, it mm. was clearly a, we're going to release the new thing to continue milking this cash cow, uh, to continue, pro- continue propping up multiplayer. It's about expectations of, of Andromeda. I had none, so I don't care. It wasn't mm-hmm. for me. Whereas Mass Effect 3, very specifically, Untitled Fan Mentality, was supposed to be for me. You know, mm-hmm. I've invested 200 hours yeah. into your franchise, like, obviously this is for me um
1: yeah Yeah, it is it is a i I see what you mean there that for andromeda it's like it's like starting a new series that's a spin-off of another one it's like starting angel after watching buffy yeah it's like i'm a little invested in angel but like other than that you know i'm just i'll watch it because it's another thing in the same universe
0: right Right, yeah, 100%. That's perfectly that's perfectly stated, yeah. Um, but I didn't want to pan uh, Mass Effect 3 too long. This happens to me from time to time. I'm sorry, everybody. I just... Now we
1: know, everyone. Trigger button. No. Add this to the list. Make an emote. No, The Mass Effect 3 button.
0: Oh, no, I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> um... Oh, I can't like I can't emotionally, and I guess they kind of fixed it after launch with they updated some of the endings. They did, yeah. They did some stuff, and I'm like, but I, but for me, it was already like sullied. It's it's so hard to go, you know, the the expression you can't go home again. Like it just mm-hmm. it's 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 like a Full Metal Alchemist. I was mm-hmm. super. Uh, I'm not a weeb. There's an entire emote there. <laughs> uh, if you if you are a tier uh, a tier three sub to my channel, you can you can unlock it. Um, I'm not a weeb. Uh, but Full Metal Alchemist really enjoyable all the way up mm. until one specific point, and then it's just it. The whole series is garbage. and no, it are we just... talking?
1: Are we talking the original one? The original. Or are we talking I have never Brotherhood. seen Brotherhood.
0: I've never seen Brotherhood. And this Brotherhood. is where I was going with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Go I know, ahead. Uh, just wait, wait, for for
1: anyone who has been through the same thing, I watched. I think probably about halfway through Full Metal Alchemist, and then watched Brotherhood, and that I would say is definitely the the better show. Um and it seems like they put a lot of work into that one to be like, let's tie the plot together a little bit more. Well, well the,
0: the minute the minute they explained the gate, the minute they explained it, mm-hmm. they ruined the entire series. Mm-hmm. And I, I pinpointed the initial one: the instant uh, Alphonse and and Edward's dad shows up, the mm-hmm. minute he shows up, the whole plot tanks and is garbage because they start uh, to I like gotcha. have to explain everything. They start to undermine their own rules and their carefully constructed plot. The uh, just as planned stuff starts to happen where it's like nonsensical sure. and un- like they don't earn it, um, and I'm told by every measure, brotherhood is great and totally worth watching. But whatever it is that whatever that part of my brain that like like is very resilient to nostalgia, like mm-hmm. I, I'm like I I have my fits of nostalgia. I mean, come on, Nay sure. is, like, is me reveling in my nostalgia. <laughs> The whole time, like that's all that you know. My love of 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 like Castlevania, the army is is just pure mm-hmm. nostalgia. So I have that button. It's just like it's not. It's it 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 runs out. You know, it's not push button receive sure. bacon every time. Like, um, and for me, it's just like it's so hard for me to revisit things once once that sort of canon in my mind has been compromised. And Mass Effect uh, three, okay, you fixed the ending, fine, but I had more problems with it than the ending. Uh, sure, like and. And Brotherhood, I'm like, maybe it's good, but does it matter? Because I was already invested in this story, and that's the story that was really
1: sure. Um, yeah, it's, it's and especially when we're talking about things like long running TV shows or you know large sprawling RPGs that you can sink up to a hundred hours into. That's a lot of investment of time to say to someone, "No, wait this this one's better," or it gets better. It's like, well, I don't know if I have that much time to invest in and trying to rectify that experience yeah. if I don't value doing that very much. Right. Right. No, I, it's easier to just draw that boundary.
0: Right. And, you know, partition off an entire segment of my brain and move on. Uh, <laughs> like, I've just walled no. up the Mass Effect <laughs> 3 experience. Um, like, uh, like in Supernatural, like his experience of hell, and they, they just build a wall inside of his mind. That's what I've done with mm-hmm. Mass Effect 3. I
1: um, <laughs> will say, it. the... The Citadel DLC storyline for oh, Mass here. Effect Three uh, was a, just a ton of fun, and so I think if there was a way that you could just play that bit, <laughs> that would be really worth it. Well, I, I, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, because it was—it's basically just like have one last party with everyone before everything goes awful.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I. I we're talking about like that that huge fan investment with like like Game of Thrones comes immediately to mind just because I kind of sure. partially made fun of it recently and I'm like I'm just like waiting on the edge of my chair like okay where's it coming like waiting for the hate to come at me like mm. it normally does anytime I mention Game of Thrones and I'm like it didn't happen this time I'm like did the whole fan base just like dissolve are they holding out for mm. the books to fix the ending like like I mean because I was never attached to Game of Thrones
2: mm-hmm. personally.
0: And so like I like I'm wondering if what what a lot of the Game of Thrones fan base was experiencing, you know, I apparently it happens around season six, seven, and then eight, where that they begin to feel that sort of like that thing that they love sort of unraveling a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it really starts to deviate because they the book material is just not present anymore, but the show wants to keep going and finish it. That yeah, now now we're relying on the writers of the show and to whatever degree George R. R. Martin is consulting on it to finish up this plot that you know was previously based on books that took years and years to write
0: yeah and we're on, quite quite honestly like George R. R. Martin himself had kind of mucked mucked up his own story he had intended right. to have a, a time jump he had fully intended and this is this is well documented well talked about he had fully mm. intended to have a time jump because he wanted to do I mean this is a sort of concept writing thing like he wanted to do the the heroes from the story are all dying. And the Mm. new heroes of the story aren't yet of age. And so he wanted to show that, like, sort of passing it. The the old heroes didn't fix the world type Mm -hmm. thing. They just kind of made it. And he wanted to have this, like, transitional sort of epic story in those regards. The problem is, is, like, where he wrote the characters who are supposed to be heroes, too. He couldn't get them to, like, over this, like, sort of nebulous middle ground to become the big goddamn heroes they need to be for his plot.
1: Mm-hmm. Or, or and villains,
0: respectively, right? Yeah, he, sure. It, you know, he, he very much in, reveled in some of the the gray areas of, of his storytelling and the the nebulousness of of the the machinations of of, mm-hmm. of, of these power sort of strategies. Um, but he just he, he like he kind of wrote himself into a corner in that respect, without doing that time jump and without giving himself characters with like long term drives that get them to
1: mm-hmm. that end
0: point. He wanted them at
1: no. Yeah, and uh, which perhaps explains the fact that we still don't have the next book. The show literally got started, came and went in the time that, and he still has not actually finished the next book in the series.
0: Um, I think it's because he's just really enjoying the dump truck of money that HBO <laughs> yeah. parked on his lawn, and then he like bought a boat, and he's just like doing the like just boating around like a real and actual sailor. And uh, I I get it. It's hard. To, it's 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 hard to finish stories. It is. I I'm sure. right. I I'm not throwing stones here in this glass house. Um, uh, I'm talking more to the fandom. The uh, the mm. sympathy I, I feel for a fandom that that has a huge time investment and then the payoff is right. quite what you want. You know, yeah. you, could, you do one of two things, right? Like uh, you either just go, okay, cool. You know, like you you accept mm. it, or uh, well, three things, I suppose. You do what I do and pretend that it never ended, um, because it didn't live up to your expectations. Or uh, you hold out hope for the new rebooty, blah, blah, blah. Like, you got to do something.
1: Yeah, right. There's a number of different ways you can approach it. And, you know, as with many things, I often recommend the approach based on acceptance. You know, okay, this this is the end of the show that we got. It may not have been the one that I wanted. I have these feelings about it. Those are all legit and valid. And with that, you know, what do I need? What do I do for myself? And if your answer to that is, I need to go rage on the internet about it and send death threats to the, you know, author, cast, so on and so forth, yeah, no, you're not barking up the wrong tree. <laughs> you're not in the realm of compassion.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're not in the realm of compassion, I think is important. Uh, and
1: and and so I think that is actually an interesting segue to uh, kind of swinging back around. One of my lists is literally just about I started Age of Sigmar with Darkling Coven's, and damned if I'm not going to keep trying to make them work. Um, uh,
0: you want to start with that one? So we got the Cities of
1: Sigmar. Um, no, no, we, we we can hold off we'll and, hold uh, and okay. but. But that's my not so not so smooth I, I had a really good
0: segue there. I really did. Oh, it was did a you? great segue. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, 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 no. I mean before this, there there was an oh, excellent God. segue. In mindfulness. We were talking about compassion stuff like that. Yeah. I made one quip about Mass Effect, and, and then, then off we go. And then it was gone. Yeah, it was like we had a really good segue. So if I edited shows. Ever, I would <laughs> chop out that part, and you'd have that great segue. And then we'd say something along the lines of, "So, speaking of that that awesome segue I just had, like we've got a, a three lists here that you've made, kind of employing <laughs> some of this embrace embracing of of the 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 the, the fun sort of neur- neuroticism of some of the, sure. these these qualities of list building. Um, I, I'm starting with the the Dars of Cain one here.
1: The Dars uh, of Cain, okay.
0: So, what was your premise for the list? Like, kind of, what was that that sort of thesis statement going into it?
1: So, Daughters of Cain is very much a combat army. You know, they have a, a couple of ranged attacks in the army, but for the most part, the whole thing is built around the combat phase, and, and doing all of your effective abilities in combat. Right. So, but they have a couple of interesting things that allow for shooting, so my entire idea was let's give the Daughters of Cain a shooting phase. And it t- it took an obscure battalion and it took a lot of investment into units that are probably not going to help you win a game, but damned if we didn't give them a shooting phase in this list.
0: And of course the battalion you're referring to is the the Hammer Compact. Is that in in the DOK book itself proper? It is.
1: Yes. Okay. So the Shadowhammer Compact is one of those awkward battalions where it includes units from another army. So uh, Shadowhammer Compact is half Daughters of Cain units, half um, Stormcast Eternals units. And the interesting ability that it gives you is that you get to pick a Daughters of Cain unit and a Stormcast unit that are near each other. I think that to be within 6 inches or so. And then they each get to fight or shoot or move and uh and you don't have to be able to do both with them so you know if one unit can shoot and the other one can't that's okay the other unit just doesn't do anything mm-hmm. but as long as you keep some of these units near each other then you get to use that battalion to say do the thing again or do the thing one more time so what we've done in this list so i'll i'll kind of walk everyone through it here mm-hmm. so we have a daughters of Cain army i put it in calebron just because Um, Since we're taking Marathi as our general, we're not getting our command trait. So it wasn't really necessary to put us in Hagnar. Um, And Hagnar very much is about, you know, one of their battle traits allows you to reroll all hits instead of rerolling ones to hit from the Daughters of Cain battle trait that gives them stacking bonuses over time. But here, you know, Calebron instead gives you just a flat minus one to be hit in shooting. Mm-hmm. And I thought, if we're going to be trading shots with the other army, then why not give ourselves an advantage here?
0: Plus a teleport,
1: right. You can't use the teleport, because Marathi's uh, your general.
0: Ah, uh, boo. Okay.
1: I, I think, I think, unless, uh, actually, wait, the teleport might be a command ability, not a command trait. Um, and the Doors of Cain book, since it is older, is a bit fiddly in how it's set up.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, yes, yeah, so the command trait is the teleport. Okay. So, unfortunately, you don't get that with Calibron. Right. All right. So, um, but, I mean, as with all silly lists, adjust your flavor. Feel free. Adjust your spices as you like. So Season to we, taste. Yeah. Season to taste. There you go. That's the phrase. Yep. So, we have uh, Marathi as your general. Uh, we gave her Mind Raiser, because why not? Um, we have a Slaughter Queen who on foot who we need to take for the Hammer Compact. Um, She has Catechism of Murder and an artifact that gives her a a five-up damage prevention because, you know, we're taking a Slower Queen on foot. We might as well do what we can to keep her alive. Right. And then we we have the Shadowhammer Compact Battalion, which is two units of ten witch elves. And the battalion tells you which units to take. It doesn't tell you how much of them you have to take. So, we've got two units of 10 witch elves, a unit of 10 bloodstalkers, who are the malusi with bows. The bow, yep. Yeah. A unit of five uh, heart renders. And then we have two units of five liberators, a unit of five judicators, uh, and a, a unit of three prosecutors. For those of you who don't speak Stormcast, those are uh, two units of the basic hammer guys one unit of the basic bow guys, and one unit of the uh, flying guys who do nothing. <laughs> and then uh, and then I've added in, to get us enough battle line, I've added in a unit of Sisters of Slaughter. Um, the one modification I would probably make to the list that I put up here, uh, it probably doesn't make sense to take 20 of the Sisters because they're not in the Shadow Hammer, so take 20 of the Witch Elves instead. Mm-hmm and then the bonus that we get from uh from shadow hammer specifically is and let me just pull it up here so in the hero phase you pick a daughters of kane unit and a Stormcast unit they're within six both of them can make a move or shoot or pile in and attack as if it was the combat phase and they both have to do the same thing but if one of them's not eligible then it, you can just ignore it now marathi also has a command ability very similar to the slaughter queen where you can pick a unit in the hero phase and they can fight but specifically marathi says you can pick two units and they can shoot so now in the hero phase marathi can pick two daughters of Cain shooting units and let them shoot and we can pick a daughters of Cain unit and a stormcast unit and we can let them shoot and then in your shooting phase we can let them all shoot so this is the shoot-a,
0: uh, shoot, her, shoot
1: her list. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we're probably about as effective as they were at that in the movie. Because we've, <laughs> taken, we've taken ten Bloodstalkers who have that you know on a six when they, when they do their shooting attack, they can do Mortal Wounds. And Games Workshop has very kindly already nerfed this list by saying, yeah, that only works in the shooting phase. If you let them shoot outside of the shooting phase, they don't get to do their mortal wounds. Right, right. But but they've got the same profile and twice the range of the heart renders. So here we go. We're we're investing in them instead.
0: Right. Plus they they are they're in your
1: uh, your battalion. Exactly. Like you have to take so, them. Right. So you, you have to take them you anyway. Know, you, so you know the sad part of this list
0: is if is if those liberators could be judicators or the prosecutors weren't just a straight tax. Uh, mm. and could just be judicators like if you just could take Judicators um instead, it would be good. Because ju- judicators yeah. have competent shooting. It's not amazing shooting, but I've had like a unit of judicators and a unit of uh uh the the ones on like the, the faster ponies with pistols. I can't remember. Mm,
1: uh the paladors.
0: Paladors. I've had mm. like a unit of paladors and a unit a uh, unit or two of judicators take Nagash down to like eight wounds.
1: Through sure all this,
0: like redundant saves and stuff like they have competent shooting
1: yeah absolutely judicators they are very consistent which is a nice thing about them they will always do something in your list right. um the problem is just that they are, they're there are a fair amount of points for the level of competency and consistency they give right. you they really do value the
0: fact that they have stormcast fightiness mm-hmm. uh in their point cost when they should just view them as a pure shooting unit at, with a bonus of being able to fight you Right. Kind of the way they completely did that way too hard with Salamanders. Because Salamanders <laughs> also
1: fight you like Ken or I. Um, but, uh, and, have, and have 12 ablative wounds of, of other stuff yeah. that you can just well, I mean, throw away before you it, hurt them. Relevant
0: to Judicators too. Judicators, as they are t- pulling off uh, models, they're not losing all like all their punching power because a lot of the damage is on their leader. Uh, with, mm-hmm. the, with the the lightning scatter bow thing, so sure, where they what they get a d six shots off of, uh, off on the leader, so mm-hmm. like you're, so like you're only losing like a shot a shot, but you're keeping the bulk of the firing power, which is why adjudicators are cool. The the points right. aren't quite right. Drop them twenty points, and now you're starting to cook with gas. Like um, sure,
1: absolutely. And if and... you're building a stormcast list, nobody wants to spend one forty on their battle line to get adjudicators. Um, but, you know, you drop them to 120 and now they're on par with like liberators and sequitors and, um, and, uh, hunters and yeah, somebody might say like, oh yeah, I'm more willing to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm willing to make this, this decision to, for what my vision is or to, yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's cool. I like the, I like the premise. I, I really like that you, you just tried to maximize the shooting. The problem is, is the shooting units here are like, eh, they're all right. You know?
1: But, yeah. And and because we have to take half of another army, we don't have enough points to really max out any one of these units. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because once you've stuck Shadowhammer and the Stormcast half of the list in there, not to mention all the other Daughters of Cain stuff you have to take, you're already very well along. And if you choose to go the Marathi route, well, she's another one quarter of your points. Right. Um, But if we don't take her, we don't get that command ability that lets you shoot, because Slaughter Queens don't get that part of it.
0: Right. So what was the, uh, the base... The base premise again, kind of refresh my memory on this one. You
1: was if we're if we're gonna give daughters a shooting phase, we'll give them the best shooting phase that we can, and it's still crap. But we did the best we could. Right.
0: So this is where I, I will. I've kind of. Uh, I don't know. If, I haven't really been critical of TTS. I've I've pretty well like said, hey, TTS is awesome. Uh, mm. It's a good resource, but I'm not playing it. Uh, this is where I would say this is the greatest strength of Tabletop Simulator. You can practice the, a list like this in Tabletop Simulator. Sure. That's where like that's where I think Tabletop Simulator is nice. Is sort of the using it as like a proxy engine to like see if the combo works, and then if it right. does, then invest in the models or
1: you know. Yeah, absolutely. Cause, yeah, because if you're a Daughters of Cain player, you're already paying an arm and a leg for your army. Yeah. You probably don't want to buy into you know 200 points of Stormcast for a list that doesn't really work very well. Yeah. One thing I will say about it that's a nice sort of backup to this list is all of the stuff that lets us do the shooting also lets us do combat instead. Mm-hmm. So that unit of, you know, why you would put in those 20 witch elves is, you know, you leave that unit of prosecutors near them and now they get to fight three times. Once from Shadowhammer once from Meraffi, and then once in their own combat phase. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, your shooting might not be that great, but you could also just do combat instead. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you get a little bit of, like, a switch-hitting power. This reminds me of uh, uh, 3.0 uh, Ranger in Dungeons & Dragons. You mm. can do both, but not quite as, like, awesome... As, like, Aragorn, which is what everyone wants a ranger to be. They all just want right. to be Strider. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be Legolas with a, bull, but you, uh, with a bow, but you want it to, like, matter when you pull it out. Uh, right. And you and you want to fight with, like, swords, usually, too. Um, all right, right. So, uh, yeah. A uh, little mad science with uh, give shooting a chance. I like the, the <laughs> name here. I'm going to move on to the despoilers list now. Uh, okay. I love, I love this one. Uh what was the starting premise for this, uh, essentially, Zinch Slaves to Darkness list?
1: So, this list, uh, I was thinking about, you know, I was paging through the Slaves to Darkness book, and the Despoilers sub-faction is the one that's all about demon princes. And there was this one extra little bit that they added in there. So, in a Despoilers army, in the hero phase, all of the demon princes and monsters get to heal D3 uh, wounds. Except for mutilith vortex beasts who only get to heal one wound because they already healed d3 wounds on their war scroll. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what, GW, screw you. We're putting <laughs> as many mutiliths in this list as we can. But then I looked at the rest of the despoilers rules and I realized they have the ability to make scenery uh, basically overgrown so you can't draw a line of sight through it. Right. And it deals mortal wounds to the potentially deals mortal wounds to the units around it. And I thought, well, why not just hide a mutilith in there? Because mutiliths have a giant, you know, 18-inch aura where they get to just pick a unit and potentially wreak havoc on it. But the big thing is, you know, they've got a 4 save and 12 wounds. They can get shot off pretty easily or charged pretty easily. But what if they're hidden? What if no one even knows they're there? And yes. then we get peak <laughs>
0: Eka It even has a fantastic name. So this is my, oops, uh, this is my favorite of your uh, of your three lists you saved today. So it's it's uh it's got the four Mutilith Vortex beasts, which is a fantastic model.
1: Um, mm-hmm. This is
0: a dual kit with the uh, the corn equivalent, right? The the murder slaughter brute, slaughter I brute, think. murder brute. Yeah, slaughter yeah. brute. Um, you got you know your three units of Chaos Knights because you gotta get your battle line in there, yo. Uh. Mm-hmm. Two two daemon princes, uh, and a Bellacor, and Bellacor is one of my absolute favorite uh units in
1: the game. So, mm-hmm. so And love- is also a and is also a demon prince. So right. I believe benefits from everything in despoilers that benefits them. Right on. Um and
0: this is normally where I like uh the, a lot of the lists I was building for Slaves of Darkness were Despoiler uh with a corn uh demon mm-hmm. prince, who I, I affectionately named the Ass Prince. Uh <laughs> <laughs> because he just teleports flies around terrain to terrain trying to get that ass uh as mm. a, like just assassinating people uh so that was like a lot of the list I was building so this is uh I really enjoy I wish what Despoilers did was what Sylvaneth did um mm.
1: yeah yeah that I was just listening to Vincent Tom on Warhammer Weekly talk about their uh the results of their survey and the balance thing and the one thing they brought up with Sylvaneth was how cool it would be if Tree Lords were just a mobile forest. That that would be
0: cool too. I would do that in addition to like their terrain piece. Um, mm-hmm. Like they get ah to like one Wildwood. I, I get it. You want to play with your toys, but like we've yeah. we've done the poll. We've talked to every Sylvaneth player. They actually don't want to carry around twenty forests to every tournament. They're fine with not playing with these toys. All right, like one of right, our, yes. you know one of one of the the sort of like. My guiding stars is you should get to play with your models. It's like that has been a central theme to the Rantcast brand, I guess, since I've made made these shows. Is you should get to play with your toys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we break this rule one time uh it's with wildwoods
1: (laughs) (laughs) right right we've asked everyone no one wants to play with them we're all happy just having one and calling it a day right well and i mean imagine if you were a gits player and they were like oh you can summon additional loon shrines it's like yes on the one hand that would be great on the other hand how many loon shrines do you want to lug around one is already a brick
0: right right
1: yeah yeah. So
0: so um, we we've done, but yeah uh, the uh, turning like they they're corrupting terrain and stuff which is like metal as hell um, right so yeah. freaking cool. Um, plus now you've found something to like stash in the terrain beyond the ass prints. Uh.
1: Right. <laughs> so I I did have a version of this list where I took one of each demon prince, mm-hmm. and but I, first of all I had to sacrifice a mutilith for that, and I was not about that. No. Um, and second, I didn't. All of the battle line didn't get to be Chaos Knights. You know, I had to make some of them into you know cheaper options. Mm-hmm. And I decided that it was more on theme to just take a couple of Demon Princes and Bellicor, and then just make everything Zinch. Even though the only wizard we have is Bellicor, so we really don't get any benefit from being Zinch Demon Princes, who are apparently not wizards for some reason. They are in 40k. They're not in Age of okay. Sigmar.
0: I mean, see, you could easily tune this list up a little bit. You really could by just, like, a simple... Make one of these Demon Princes, corn like... Um, mm-hmm. the, the Chaos Knights, I mean, these are filler, but, like, what, 320? You could almost fit in a
1: block of Marauders. <laughs> you you could. You absolutely could. And you could... If you wanted to keep a similar list to this, if you broke that unit of 10 knights into two units of 5 knights and dropped a Mutalith, you could take the Ruinbringer Warband... Which uh, takes one of your demon princes and all of your knights into a battalion, and then lets that demon prince fight in the hero phase. So, if you wanted to reduce your drops and get another artifact, that's a way you could do it.
0: Yeah, I, see, I, I, uh, I like the core. I mean, the core premise though here so much of you're turning terrain into like inky black, like corruption, and then just stashing vortex beasts in it to protect them, and they're just like essentially like AOE spamming their little mm-hmm. ability. And there's so much terrain in the game now. Um, the 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 Chaos Knights have to like uh, chaff for these these beasts, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. And you don't have a lot of scoring bodies, obviously. But like when you're having fun,
1: who cares? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. The the goal is to make them think, do I want to take 4D6 mortal wounds to take that objective or will it be minus 4 to my movement? I don't know. You don't know either. <laughs> Let, let's find out what it's going to be. Uh um I like the
0: idea of taking the battalion by the way. I do. I think that so, so, dro- one dropping one vortex I think we can spare one more vortex beast to fill out the list to be a little bit uh a uh, little bit cleaner.
1: Disagree strongly, but you know, to <laughs> I
0: love it. I love it. No.
1: But and the, okay. the the one other thing that I'll point out here is that mutilith vortex beasts have the mark of Zeench, so your chaos mark aura actually does work on them. So they'll be getting a reroll once they're saved and ignoring spells on a five up,
0: right on, right on, right on, not bad. Um, this is not the one with three, uh, three endless spells, okay.
1: No, that's the that's the cities of That's what list. we're
0: about to we're we're about to pull up. So yes, uh, this is where uh, I need to use the restroom real quick. Um, sure, this is probably just gonna be dead air unless you can figure out something to talk about real quick. Well, no, I'll I'll bring over I'll bring up the cities list real quick, and then you can talk about your premise a little bit, elaborate, and mm-hmm. uh, your love of dark elves, which has even even ported into our uh, Blood Bowl game.
1: Yes, yes, it has. So. Uh... So, chat, I am, I am here for you in the meantime. Uh, let's talk about how dark elves are the best and uh, certainly are better than any of the other inferior elves like uh, Lumineth. You know, those jerks think they're better than everyone else. I think we can safely write them off. Um, Sylvaneth, they don't even have elves. You know, what's going on there? That the, they've got things that look like elves, but they're actually just weeds. So, yeah, write them right off. Uh, let's see, who else is an inferior elf? Uh, wanderers? Find a home, you jerks. Stop wandering around. Lay some roots. Haha. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? Corsairs? They're great, except that they're not. Um, Darkling Covens? Great. Best elves. Um, Daughters of Cain? Can't badmouth them because they'll stab you to death and rip out your heart. So, I, d- great by default. So we'll go with that uh let's see what other elves do we have who also has an elf uh order serpentus uh we forget that they exist but uh cool looking stuff interesting lore terrible rules why does getting charged by an elf on a velociraptor not hurt i don't know why they're good on defense defensive velociraptors are a thing apparently i don't know uh let's see what other elves are trash? Um uh... Someone I'm sure will say all elves. Uh, to that person, you are you are mean. Please don't say that. Uh, let's see what else. Other elves are still in the game. Oh, I didn't know that deep Weird elves, undersea elves, but kind of like dark elves in some ways. They're okay. We're gonna give them a firm okay from me. Uh, let's see. I think that's I think that's run through most of the elves and the other ones we will decide are forgettable elves. So there we go. That's where we're at, chat. Uh, coming to this list, I had to make a few different choices on this one because Cities of Sigmar. You get a bunch of different cities you can choose from. You could easily make a version of this list. I've gone Anvilgard. You could easily make a similar version of this list in Hollowheart. Um, you could make it in. I've I've heard uh, some people are doing Living City with some of the old Darkling Coven stuff and have had some success there. So you could really swap around what city you want. Um, don't go Graywater Fastness because it's filled with dwarves. So I would I would advise against that one.
0: So why did you go um, Anvilguard here? Obviously, Anvil Guard is the dark elf city. Is this what was the strategy here?
1: So uh, in my while you were gone, I trash talked all the other elves and lost you a viewer. So, just to let you know on how we're doing so far. Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> All right, good.
0: We'll, we'll fix it in post.
1: <laughs> we'll just add another digit we'll to the end add, there. Yeah, we'll be good.
0: Perfect, yeah.
1: So, uh, part of what makes this list a silly idea is that I started Age of Sigmar playing Darkling Covens. And so, it's become a very like running joke in among my friends, among you know the Pants Mafia, that Dark Shards are terrible. Um, they are the crossbow unit from Darkling Coven's that gets two shots apiece. But prior to Cities of Sigmar, they think... were fives and fours, no rend, one damage apiece. Well,
0: they're they're two With... shots each, and they're at um, what like an, they're at like eighteen inch range or whatever. Like they've got a, a substantial range.
1: Uh, yes, I think they're sixteen inches. 16? I want to say. Okay. Yeah. So it was a long-running joke that I would, you know, take Dark Shards in my army uh, when I played Darkling Covens because, you know, what else are you going to take? But uh, they are not they are not good. <laughs> and then we get to the Cities of Sigmar book, and all of a sudden Dark Shards now hit on fours, which was a big deal. And they get to bump themselves up to threes if they've got enough models in the unit. And I was just pulling up their war scroll on my phone to take a look here. And suddenly, I'm starting to think, dark charts might be good. Mm-hmm. And, but the problem is still no rent. You know, even if you take 40 of them, you're getting 80 shots. They still have no rent. So against a lot of units, that's just going to bounce right off. You're rolling a lot of dice for not a lot of return. Mm-hmm. But Anvil Guard has the spell Vitriolic Spray, which reduces the target's armor save to dash. So now, all of a sudden, 80 shots, threes and fours, you know, re-rolling some stuff here and there. Suddenly, that's a very real problem if you don't have a save. Right. Right. So the the idea here was, how do we try to make the best use of that ability as we can to actually make Dark Shards good? And while we're at it, let's toss in the rest of Darkling Covens and see what we can get out of it.
0: Like... It's interesting because you can just take Blazemasters, you know, like you can just just take out of the box dwarves, and have them just with their Ren two shooting essentially, mm-hmm. but no, no, it, it, we ain't about that life.
1: No, we we don't want to hear about dwarves. We're not about dwarves. On the Elf to Dwarf continuum, we are at the far end of dwarfdom right now. So I don't want to hear about these dwarves that have Ren 2 out of the box. We are <laughs> going to cast our obscure spell and do all the, the, the weird tricks we have to do to make it work in order to make our no-Ren dark shards do damage, goddammit. I have another question. Do you
0: have this whole army? Tell me you have this whole army.
1: I Yes, I have basically this whole army. Perfect. <laughs> yes. I'm actually, of all things, I need ten more dark shards. Amazing. <laughs> all right. So, so we're in we're in Anvil Guard, and our Anvil Guard gets to pick one of three illicit dealings. They're like sub faction bonuses we get. I've gone for hidden agents, which gets us an extra d three command points because this army is actually fairly command point uh, hungry. Yeah. And since we are not taking a general on foot, we're not going to get the Adjutant, who potentially gets us more command points, and Anvil Guard doesn't really have any ways to generate extra command points, aside from this. Hmm. So, we'll get D3 extra at the start, but that's it.
0: That's not bad, honestly.
1: It's not bad, and the other options are an extra Drake Blood Curse, which we don't really need, because they're not very good, and uh, the other one lets you take another artifact, and there's only really one, maybe two good artifacts in there, and we don't really need more than one anyway. So, the first thing on the list is the most painful one, which is that we've spent 300 points on a sorceress on Black Dragon. And one, of those, one of those models that I just I want it to be better. <laughs> I, wa- I want it to be so much better than it is. And it's even better now than it was before, and it still hurts. It has a good so command much. ability, as I recall. Is it like. It d- it does it does so uh luckily so all of the darkling covens heroes the sorceress and the sorceress on black dragon get a command ability that allows you to pick a darkling covens unit and that unit can run and then either shoot or charge um so one of the nice and then the sorceress on the black dragon gets an additional one that uh lets you pick a unit and they can uh, reroll wound rolls of one in the combat phase So still potentially useful because we have two combat blocks in this army in the executioners and the Blackguard. Um, But the one we really want there is that, you know, giving you the ability to run and shoot. Because now with that, we can take a unit of Dark Shards, they move six, they can run, we can make them auto run another six. So now they're moving 12, they can shoot afterwards, which now gives them a 28 inch effective range. So, we went from having what seems like a short range to being able to hit something 28 inches across the board with 40 models. Nice. And then, on top of that, so unfortunately, we take the sorceress there. Um, But we give her Secret of Warlock, so she gets all of the lore spells in the Anvil Guard lore. And there's actually some good ones there. There's one that does D6 mortal wounds, Um, there's Vitriolic Spray. Um, and then the other one, I think, is a, a minus to hit or something like that.
0: Well, the, it's, the, what's really important is that, like, she's got a fat ass. Uh, th- this is <laughs> this is how I refer to models with a bunch of wounds, I'm sorry. Uh, it's mm-hmm. ver- vernacular leftover from, uh, uh, from Magic the Gathering when something has a high toughness, you say <laughs> it as a fat ass. And it came off as super... Like misogynistic there, so I apologize, <laughs> um, everybody. Uh, no, I mean
1: does indeed have a fat ass. Yeah, she is true. thick,
0: like T H I C C C three C's thick. Um, but yeah, uh, she's she's got a bunch of wounds, and so she she has a bunch of wounds, and she has a big linchpin of the combo, which is mm. getting off of that, uh, getting off that that spell that's going to dash people save. Um, she also has like a, a small like board sweeper, and all of the sorceresses. Actually, have a competent casting ability because they can get a plus they two to cast pretty handily.
1: Um, yes, every, every sorceress has the ability to sacrifice one darkling covens model, and they just get a flat plus two to cast, which is amazing. Uh, which is why the dread spears are in there. You could pick dread spears or bleak swords, whatever your preference. They're there to be killed by your own units. They're not going to do anything else for you.
0: Yeah,
1: so that yeah, literally and, just a battery.
0: We're we're entering the the era of the Spell Dom. This. This here allows you to even think about spells as part of your your chain of of success.
1: Absolutely. And Vitriolic Spray, I think, has a casting value of 8. So it's a little bit more difficult to cast than average. So you need that plus 2 to actually get the chance to get that off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And because the Sorceress on the Black Dragon only has a 5-up save, even though you've got 14 Wounds someone's going to go through those pretty quick so that's why we've given her the drake scale cloak which gives you a five up damage prevention for both regular and mortal wounds so that Perfect. just stretches out Perfect. her wounds even yeah. more
0: yeah yeah that uh makes her have one extra c to that thickness four right. C's
1: now Thick. exactly <laughs> we're, we're we're just building up the C's on there right um, so we've got two sorceresses on foot both of whom also have vitriolic spray Um, now so this guarantees you will have that spell no matter what but you're not losing much by not giving one of them one of the other lore spells because all of those are on the sorceress on the dragon who's more likely to survive they have a great war scroll spell anyway that does d3 mortal wounds and minus one to hit and we've taken a couple of uh we've taken a bunch of endless spells we've got the geminids and the quicksilver swords so actually you've got some ability to project power out if you need it. Really, we just want that redundancy to make sure we don't lose vitriolic spray as long as we've got our heroes.
0: What are you throwing through Umbral Spell Portal here? Because this feels like the odd man
1: out. Is that We're we are throwing vitriolic spray because that spell has a six inch range. Ugh, okay. All right. All right. But because we're a Cities of Sigmar army, we get to put that other spell portal anywhere on the board. Right. Right. So that makes it a little bit easier for us to actually use that spell, which is already difficult to cast, and it doesn't require us to necessarily have one of our heroes um, in a in a difficult combat position. So you could have a sorceress and ten dark and ten dread spears on the back of the board, sitting on your rear objective, and she's still eliminating someone, save somewhere in the middle of the combat. Perfect. So then, for our for the rest of our units, we know we've got the dark shards, but I also put in thirty blackguard and thirty executioners. Um, the thirty blackguard are as much there because they're my favorite model in the game, but also shout are... outs,
0: shout outs to Warhammer Age of Reckoning, by the way.
1: Blackguard was right. my
0: was the class I was beta testing. Uh, they right, yeah. sick as hell.
1: Um, yeah, they were they were great, and um and in the game they're not bad. You know, they have a two inch reach on a 25mm base. So they can fight in three ranks, they get two attacks apiece, threes and threes, rend one, damage one, and if they have a Darkling Coven's hero within, I think, 12 inches of them, then they become... Uh, they hit on guards. twos. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're hitting on twos, you can be rerolling ones, wounding on threes, which can also be rerolling ones, rend one, damage one, and pretty much every one of your models gets to fight. And you're probably going to be near your sorceresses anyway, so that's actually a pretty choppy little combat block right there.
0: Yeah, they're not bad. Uh, they're 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 kind of punching at their weight class, but like mm-hmm. with so many models punching below their weight class in Age of Sigmar, that actually becomes a like a good a good thing. Um, right.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you put them up against any other good combat block, like you know, a, a block of Witch Elves, a block of Mor'tek Guard. Are they going to hold out? No, probably not. Um, but, you know, they're still going to do a fair amount of damage uh, if they get a chance to fight. And Anvil Guard has a command ability where you can sacrifice a model and just create an aura of no battle shocks. So even if these guys do take a punch, you can use that command ability to stop them from battle shocking. And their bravery is absurdly high for elves anyway. So it's actually pretty hard to remove them via battle shock.
0: Yeah, they're they're um I mean they're one of those units that are like uh, I think they're they're kind of unsung heroes um, mm-hmm. because uh, city, the Cities of Sigmar book does break down to that sort of best in slot mentality, mm-hmm. um, but they they actually have a function and they do it nicely and the points are are they're good enough. Um, for yeah. What you're doing, for what, you're you're getting what you pay for, right? Um. So I actually like them. Um, I one of my great. Uh, Talking about like dark Elves, So uh, I, everyone knows my origin story by now. But you treat every podcast episode like it's somebody's first podcast episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I started out in in I think we pinned it down to fourth or fifth edition Warhammer Fantasy Battle. That's about nineteen is circa nineteen ninety seven. I played undead when it was army book undead. Everything was in one battle tome or uh, at the time <laughs> it was an army book. Um, I the second book I bought was dark elves. Mm. um actually which is probably something I don't talk about nearly enough um there's just like for me i mentioned like the sort of like i don't have a like my nostalgia button runs out like i can only press it so many times or like it's it's a finite resource for me uh um, sure. i get pretty nostalgic about, about dark elves there's just it's like that prince nuada thing where like show mm-hmm. me a badass elf and then you're just like uh like, over there. And you point at, like, Dark Elves. Because they are... They're, they're Like, they were so... <laughs> like, the whole, like, the prissy thing is gone, because they're, like, brutal. They're a little on the Edgelord axiom, but there's nothing wrong with they them are. Yeah. Um, I You know, I think that's cool. I think that's metal. <laughs> like, um... And they have some models in this range. Uh, I think Blackguard are one of them, and I think Executioners are my favorite. That mm-hmm. just, for me, I'm like... I'm like, I want Executioner 2.0. Like, I just, I want to see it, like, in the, you know, because they're very much, like, in rank the rank-and-flank, like, sword zop mm-hmm. sort of straightforward stance, but the freaking masks and the swords with the freaking hook and stuff like that, like, I want that model with the thrall effect, where they're mm-hmm. on, like give them two-inch reach on 32s or something like that, and, like, and just give them, like, these absurd flowing poses with the capes billowing behind them and the pointed shoulders, like, have one with the helmet off, like, like, smashing somebody and, like, like blocking with the helmet to go to chop their head off, like, give me that. Like, so, so executioners are one of those, if I bought a Cities of Sigmar army... If I, if I bought into Cities of Sigmar as an army, I would be hard-pressed not to run a 30 block of Executioners every yeah. single time.
1: And with Spe- their points drops now, that's only 300 points speaking for 30 of, Executioners. <laughs>
0: speaking of, so we have 30 Executioners here.
1: We do have 30 oh, Executioners. Sadly, gone are the days when people actually feared Executioners because on a 6, they used to do, for any of you who have, who have not, uh, seen their updated war scroll, they used to do two mortal wounds on a six to hit. And they a, get two attacks apiece. It was a six up before, previously. It was a six up, Yeah, It was a
0: six up, so so you could stack it if you had some plus ones to hit. Um,
1: right, yeah. So if you fought Executioners near the old version of Damned, you were in for a bad time. Yeah, there Which, was... We were talking about that Blood Bowl randomness. There would be those times when I played Executioners and I was like, alright... There should be 20 mortal wounds out of this. I did two mortal wounds out of this. Hooray. I um, I
0: remember thinking of it pre-Cities of Sigmar. Uh, I think this is 1.0. Um, uh, I actually was, like, I, I had a lot of lists that actually ran a 30 block of Executioners back then. Because mm. uh, they weren't, I mean, they were they were even, I think they even had a 4-up save back then. But four, just mm. a 4-up feels like paper. In Age mm. of Sigmar, there's a lot of mortal wounds. There's a lot of damage. It's, the game is very punchy. Um, the yeah. game just got punchier, by the way, um, <laughs> with getting rid of like redundant after saves, which only really affected a couple sure. armies. But like the mortal wound output of the game hasn't gone down at all. It's only increased over the course of the game. So like right. it's it's just even more lethal. So so executioners will die. But, they will. Yeah. But they freaking razor bladed. Anything! Like, they just slaughtered. If you ever got 30 of them in on something, it was gone. Yeah. And and that was a powerful feeling back in, like, first ed, uh, first ed, uh, ages, Sigmar. We were just like, I have this 30 block, if I can protect it or screen it, or if my opponent doesn't know, which was usually the case, is the opponent just had no idea. And then suddenly they're charged by you know thirty. I think they had the plus one to plus one like uh, plus one to charge. So like that seven inch charge is a six inch. charge. Oh, they charge. could
1: they could re-roll one of their dice or something like that. Ah, uh, so you just jumping, like yeah,
0: like they're just Babe Ruth, you know? Like they it, it yeah. was the Babe Ruth mentality where like you're gonna they strike out more than they hit home runs, but you're not remembered for strikeouts. You're remembered for home <laughs> runs.
1: Like it was the. They are that scene in Lord of the Rings, where the orcs charge the line of elves and you just see the swords swing and then there's just a bunch of halves of orcs laying all over the place. yeah, yeah, it was amazing
0: uh, so i I like I um I, I I'm pretty nostalgic about executioners, so I love the thirty block oh. in here and I'm just like it, it yeah. uh, give them
1: the just give them the two mortal wounds back It, it wouldn't be the worst <laughs> thing in the world in a world with terror guys who's who's complaining about executioners?
0: At 300 points and 30 bodies at proking two Mortal Wounds per, uh, everyone would complain about that. <laughs> but they yes, would be and, wrong.
1: <laughs> and, you can, and you can certainly, in other lists, design it more around the Executioners. Anvil Guard's not really for them, because they don't necessarily care whether a thing is a save or not. Probably their Mortal Wound output is what's doing the damage. But if you put them in against something that doesn't have a save... Then anything that's not a mortal wound, well, that's still probably going wound. through. Yeah,
0: yeah, it becomes a mortal wound because they're rend one as well. So, oh no, they're no rend,
1: no rend. They are no rend, yeah. No rend.
0: Um, but yeah. if you don't
1: have a save, doesn't matter.
0: Give me that trade off, okay? Uh, one oh. mortal wound on the unmodified sixes. Give them rend one. I'll that. I would take that trade.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And. Then you really are asking yourself, "Do I want the?" Especially if it's thirty for three hundred, then you probably start to run low on reasons to take the blackguard at that point, <laughs> because it's already hard enough to justify blackguard when phoenix guard do the exact same thing but with a four up DPR.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's the problem with the Cities of Sigmar book. Yeah. That that's the problem with the book is, I mean every unit that you look at this, like, super deep bench, and you're like, all these stu- all these things are great, and you're just like, well, what's the greater ist? There are a couple of right. corner- there are a couple of corner cases, uh, I love that I was on Hammerers super early, um, mm-hmm. because, like, they stacked the, they wore all of the buffs, and so Hammerers <laughs> were like, okay, you know, this is the best, you know, like, but if you have the buffs, these are the best combat. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's where Hammerer sat, and then they just made them cheaper, so now it's like, they're unquestionably the best, if you're building them. <laughs> like, okay, cool. So, like, it's it's become... The Cities of Sigmar has become the dwarf show with a supporting cast. <laughs> cool. Bravo, Games Workshop.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. So, uh, there. So there is an unsung hero in this list is that I Charybdis? want to point out. Is it the Charybdis? It's, it's the Charybdis, who <laughs> I did not realize until after I built this list is Battle Line in Anvil Guard. Amazing. <laughs> because someone somewhere needed to fill out their Battle Line with a Charybdis. Whatever. At any rate, the Charybdis, literally the entire War Scroll, don't care. It's I'm, blank. You know, I've looked at it <laughs> a bunch of different times. I don't care. There's one ability on the Charybdis War Scroll called Abyssal Howl. And what that ability says is that any units within 12 inches of a Charybdis are minus 1 to their bravery. Mm-hmm. Fell Gaze says any units within 12 inches of this Charybdis are minus 2 to their bravery. So for 170 points, we put in a minus 3 bravery debuff within 12 inches. That no one's going to want to kill because it's a Charybdis and no one gives a shit. Yeah, you have to commit.
0: It's got enough wounds to where you have to commit a, a real unit to killing it. But you mm-hmm. would much rather be like, you know, trying to take off your uh, a Sork. Or thin yeah. out some Blackguard that are scoring on an objective or whatever. Like you do. what's interesting is because the Charybdis uh, has the monster keyword and the battle line keyword, it gives you the bonus points in like <laughs> a bunch of the mission the new missions.
1: I did not think of that. So <laughs> that
0: it's is a great point. So it's battle line and monster and you're like you like the the Charybdis stonks are on the rise, like a little bit of a rise,
1: just just a bit, just a little bit.
0: I mean, it's War Scrolls basically blank, but like a minus three debuff <laughs> that like can that's gonna cheeky outscore you, score you some extra points when people aren't paying attention. Like hell yeah, <laughs> I see. With that is the one thing about like a, a good cities list is you usually have, especially if you're in the in the, living in the fun zone, which we certainly are right mm-hmm. now. Oh for sure. You can usually spare 200 points. I I usually say as a rule, even as a competitive player, you get a pet unit. Even mm-hmm. if you're going for the hardest like hardest nails list you can build, you get a pet. Everyone has a pet unit they can throw in their thing uh because this goes to like the sort of mental the mental aspect of the game. When you're you're playing at your best when you have stuff you're confident in or stuff mm-hmm. you love, you know like for me anyway and then i project that to other people but for me sure. i play better when i'm invested in my stuff yeah right? like and you know black knights are the long uh, the the long stated joke here going forward and now their new version is murder ponies with the uh, Cavalos death riders in mm-hmm. obr take a drink um <laughs> the um but like i always black knights i'm just freaking obsessed with black knights for forever going back to 1997 when it was uh, what was it whites on skeletal steed or whatever they used to be called like they, right yeah they weren't called black Knights back then um, and like I, I just remember that like going back then and I'm like I always liked the like the skeletal rider Knight dudes
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and it just it's just be, they were a pet unit but because they were a pet unit I looked at them from all three dimensions on how to play this what's their weakness what's their strength you know, okay, like, is it just all twos in every category? No, no, it's not. It's, hmm. they've got a 10 in this category, movement. And They've got a 10 in that category, which is resilience. So if I need movement and resilience, how can I use this unit to, you know, and so if your Charybdis is your pet unit to, to bring it no. back, your Charybdis is your pet unit, you go, what's its strength? Well, obviously, boom, projecting a debuff that I like, that I want, mm-hmm. especially with, by the way, LRL Uh, they actually play in the Battleshock phase right now. I think that's one of the the low-key successes of that army, is that they've made an army that plays in the Battleshock phase. They tried it with Nighthawn, it didn't work. Mm -hmm. Like, they've successfully done this with with LRL by making it a proactive thing that they need to achieve. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. the blowback is really bad for them.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and i think the the addition of that unit the uh the cathalar i think yep. which lets them then manipulate it and actually spread that around it makes for a really interesting play space for them
0: right and that's exactly what i'm talking about like that, that yeah and yeah. so now it becomes like as a player the counter strategies of like can i deal with the cathalar if i can't deal with the cathalar am i ready to take their battle shock test Do you don't take and you start to like play in this like this really interesting play space of the game, which is the Battleshock phase, which is a phase we just, we kind of don't play in. We haven't played um, in since, since, since Command Points came out.
1: Right, I mean, yeah.
0: And, and even before then, we are transitioning away from it because you, you would go to build a list, and if your list couldn't get Battleshock via some positional thing, via a sippy cup and in, in, in Darsa Kane, mm-hmm. via a command ability projected buff from, you know, whatever, um, the game, even in 1.0, was moving away from the battle shock phase. So I think it's cool mm-hmm. that there's there's some Battleshock phase, and I think that this is, this is neat because, again, it's one pet units, 170 points. What else are you going to spend them on? You've already kind of checked the boxes that you've needed, for sure. what you're doing.
1: And Games Workshop won't let me take any more endless spells, so instead, we take a Charybdis. Yeah, and you got your like you said,
0: the dread spears are here to get like sacked to a Sork.
1: Right. Exactly, um, the the best that they'll do is they'll chaffer you a little bit as you gradually, you know, stab them to death yourself.
0: Yeah, they'll speed bump a little bit. It's just gonna go. This is outside of four of you. You're either gonna have to charge it or go around. You know, mm-hmm. like, and that's that becomes a decision. Uh, they're a really good buffer for uh, KO because uh, mm-hmm. you want to say KO have to be outside of nine inches of my juicy target. By the way, that's enough to kill you. Uh, so, like, I need you to be outside of nine inches of these guys, which pushes you then out of the kill range of my juicy bits, right? So, sure. so you've got some tools there. Um, I mean, obviously, this is a weakness of the Cities of Sigmar book. I wish that they had cared more about battalions, because man, what I see here is this is there's a potential for like a great battalion here to lower the drops. It could just be something sure. like sorks and you know, like back upper...
1: in the day, this would have been a thrall war host. And uh, which was a great battalion available, the Darkling Covens, which let you in the hero phase, just pick one of your units and they get to have a charge and combat phase for free. So you add that onto executioners and suddenly, you know, they're charging into your unit and now they're murdering you and it's my hero phase. And now that unit is gone and now we move on to the rest of my turn. Yeah. But sadly, Thrall Warhost did not survive.
0: Yeah, yeah weird because like I this is I of the three lists um, I like the proof of premise we were working with with the um with the cane one right like mm. give shooting to dar a cane uh, when you line up the combo to shoot like three times it'll be hilarious and you're gonna have like you've gotten the fun right right uh, right I love the despoilers because that is the closest to the list I would have built or <laughs> that is the closest to lists I have built I should say I've right played, played around with some despoiler tech myself um, but my favorite is by far the Cities of Sigmar because I think it gets the closest to. Um, not just like having a proof of premise, but this is I would take this to a tournament. Mm. Like I would play yeah, this in and, a tournament.
1: Um, and I, I basically have taken almost this list to a tournament before, but that was before Cities of Sigmar. So this would very much be sort of an evolution of my Darkling Coven's list.
0: I would um, I would aim for a three and two with this like i i would uh uh it would be you know cuz like if you're if you go 30 into day 2 like you did the one time you mentioned mm. i'm like i would totally be sweating that night you know like right. <laughs> this is this is not nagash in ulgu with umbral spell portal like sleeping like a no. baby this is like ugh, yeah i got to yeah. play against like flesh eater courts and like mm. salamanders and just like sweating against all the stuff i'm going to have to run into but it's got it it plays in all three phases Mm-hmm. Um, with the bonus interaction with the Battleshock phase, which isn't a real phase. Um, it plays in all three <laughs> phases.
1: Um, and it's funny that we're saying, oh, that's not a real phase, but I literally just said, this army also has an 18-inch aura that lets it ignore Battleshock.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing, is you're making it a phase for
1: somebody else potentially. Right? right. Yeah, that's the hope. I may not kill very many of you if I didn't get Vitriolic Spray off, but I'll make you real scared of it. Yeah, Dark Shards...
0: I mean, and you're going with like a little bit of the classic Elfie thing. You got a big block of stuff in the front. You got your shooties in the back. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could, you could have taken a bridge too.
1: I considered the bridge and in this case I decided not to because since we're playing, since Darkling Covens has the ability to run and shoot, I thought that I already have a fair amount of mobility so it became more important for me to project Vitriolic Spray out using spell portal than I thought it would be to be able to take that unit of dark shards and put them uh, anywhere I want on the field. Yeah, and you're not Although there. although easily, you know, you might run a couple games with this list and say, Nope, I need that extra that extra option there. And then you you take Geminids and Quicksilver Swords out of there and, and there's your bridge right there.
0: Exactly. I mean, that that was my thoughts, is to have, like, the uh, you've got the spell extension with the Umbral Spell Portal, and then you could drop in a—you put in that bridge, because I don't know how afraid you are of the blowback with Geminids and Quicksilver—I mean, blowback on Quicksilver sorts isn't that bad, but the blowback on Geminids is big.
1: It is, but Geminids has such a long deployment range that I think you can use them pretty effectively. And actually, that does remind me of one—another good reason why I wanted to put Geminids in this list— <laughs> is because since the sorceress uh the sorceress on foot has a minus 1 to hit spell and geminids are also minus 1 to hit or minus 1 to attack and anvilguard also has a minus 1 to hit you also have a debuff spell list in here
0: that's actually i mean minus 1 to hit is good minus 2 is a real debuff and minus 3 is backbreaking
1: yeah sap strength is yes yeah, subtract minus 1 for hit rolls made by that unit so that's one of the other anvil guard uh spells, so yeah you can potentially put minus three to hit on on a unit in this uh with this list you
0: know I have game against my I mean Charybdis is a total dead drop against my own ossearc bone rapers but <laughs> I would know I know how I would play this against my own army, which is always a good sign yeah like you yeah, and... like I'm looking at this I'm like I've got the tools to like to to deal with with like my army right mm. um I mean, the problem with this list playing against my my uh, my OBR army is like the two catapults, because I'm sure. I'm just gonna tee off on on your two sorks, um, mm-hmm. and hope to kill them. And then once the the sorks are off the board, I'm gonna ignore the dragon. Uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna tee off on your sorks, and then I'm going to once I've got both the sorks off the table, uh, I'm just gonna start lobbing rocks at your your dark shards or whatever in range really of 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 them. Um, sure but i know how i would in turn play against me
1: right yeah and and one of the other uh uh, challenges that i'll point out for this list is i have basically no chaff aside from those 10 dread spheres and if i'm using them as chaff then i'm not using them as batteries which means i have to actually take from my threat units and and kill models there i'd
0: I'd stab a black guard dark shard black i would i would stab them in a heartbeat and wouldn't even care
1: Sure. Yeah. Per- which personally, is...
0: <laughs> like I wouldn't. Even, whatever. One of them. Who gives a shit?
1: Um, yeah, and it, probably an executioner. Uh, before I would have been like, "I'm not killing an executioner." What are you crazy? Nowadays, I'm like, "Next in line for the stabbin' pile. Get him in there." <laughs> I,
0: I'd be the most hesitant to stab a blackguard just because the mm-hmm. uh, thinning the what is the the most ma- I would stab a one dark. If you're dealing damage and they're protected the last thing I care about is a single, well, two shots. If I have sure. lost on two shots with the Law of Averages, like, I wasn't going to win anyway, type thing. Like, right, exactly. I would, I would stab a Dark Shard and an Executioner in a heartbeat. Um, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which, which you know, and back in the day, but too, I used to But that might be the Beast run...
0: of, of Chaos player in me speaking, where I will throw anything <laughs> on... The, I would love to throw Ungors on the barbecue, but if I don't have the Ungor, oh, I'll have the, like, I have the... uh. I have the actual Bray Shaman, like, stab himself. I've, I don't know the number of times I've, like, I've, like, smashed myself in the face with three mortal wounds, like, with my Bray Shaman. Sure. Or, like, my bestigors are standing there. I'm like, sorry, buddy. Whoop.
1: <laughs> Daddy, daddy's got a summon. <laughs> like. You're close enough and you look like part of a Chimera. In you go. Yep. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, cockatrice or actually usually just more Uncor. <laughs> right.
1: And let's not forget that on a previous rank cast, one of my silly lists was literally a Darkling Coven's list, where, uh, or I think it was a, a Hammerhall list, where I took I think five units of ten of whatever and made the point at the beginning of that list by saying, "I will kill most of my units before the battle is over. You don't have to worry about that. I got you covered."
0: <laughs> well, that's where the mentality becomes like when I, when you go into it like wanting to kill your own units, and this is that part of that awareness. Uh, part of the awareness and, 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 and aspect of, 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 of uh, mindfulness. Um, if you go into it knowing you want to kill your own stuff... A different thing opens up, which is when the enemy kills your stuff before you get to kill your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: okay. Right. I started this off as a defensive reaction, saying I was going to kill my stuff before you could, but now you're killing it, and I wanted to. I, now I, I don't I, know how to feel.
0: Right. Yeah. And like, I am conflicted. I was going to kill. This happened with my. I love my Beast of Chaos army. It's it's very it's it's very much the definition of a vacation home. You don't want to live mm-hmm. there, because living there becomes it's just a lot of like. Upkeep. There's there's so much mental capacity for it. Uh, Right. The the fact that it's only one season. Actually, when it when you need just that season, it feels great. But if you're locked in one season the whole time, it kind of sucks.
1: Yeah. Also, there's goats everywhere.
0: Right. Right. But like the thing, the biggest problem, the biggest like sadness I would have from a game is when people would kill my ungors. Every time. I'm like, I was going to that was three summoning points. That was three primordial call points you just robbed me of. You with with your shooting. Why aren't you shooting the bestigores? They're important. They're about to kill you. You shot these guys over here that weren't doing. they were minding their business, getting ready to become barbecue. So that I could summon a manticore. Now I don't have those 3 points for that manticore. <laughs> <I'm just> like <laughs> like that was the thing I was mad at. Uh, it's like not you not even winning or losing. It's just like I'm trying to you don't understand. I really want to summon a manticore.
1: <laughs> yeah. When when the OBR catapult shoots your Ungor raiders or your Ungor in the backline because they are so unafraid of your bestigor Ugh, that they're like the can't be bothered to y- shoot them, you're yeah. like you son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you
1: motherfucker and you're just like you're just, oh?
0: yeah no exactly like I, they're, they're swagging off on your ungor like the catapulters on the flip side you those those ungor would have summoned other ungor it might actually be the correct play and those other ungor were going to outflank charge the catapult never kill it but i just put <laughs> i just put 10 idiots that costs sixty points on your more t- on your two hundred point mortec crawler, and it can't do anything the rest of the game. Yeah. And if you have to go back with a two hundred point unit of cavalry to charge and kill them to free up your mortec guard or your mortec crawler, I have already begun to beat you at your game. Like I'm just like no. I'm just and I'm just like freaking eating like peanuts and like laughing, <laughs> spitting like the peanut debris in your face. Oh man, I miss no. Age of Sigmar.
1: <laughs> I've done this with a, a, a unit of 10 Brimstone Horrors that charged into a Bastillodon, and that Bastillodon and 75% of the shooting in my opponent's army had to spend an entire shooting phase trying to kill 10 Brimstone Horrors.
2: Yeah.
1: And I'm just sitting there like, go ahead, go ahead.
0: Well, Did their job. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Would I... I mean, think about it in terms of, like like, points or resources. Would I spend... These five bodies to shut down that shooting for a phase or for a turn. Right, right. Absolutely. Like, when you start to think in that sort of like three dimensional, like sort of chess mode, what what would I give to affect the game in these ways? And you start to look at it not just in terms of like of killing power, not just in terms of of that. Like that's what we call start to call tempo plays. Uh, mm. There are five turns in a game of Age of Sigmar. Sure, yeah. Think of those as a resource, right? Mm-hmm. Once you start to think of it, like, I'm going to rob you of a turn. I'm going to try to take this turn away from you. Now you're going to have four turns to try to beat me. Once you start thinking in that sort of, like, next axiom of, of the game, of, like, resources and tempo, um, mm-hmm. you start to unlock, like, some really deeper tiers to... Like I said, look, when I'm looking at this, this of uh, Sigmar list, this this um, uh, Darkling Covens one, I'm like, I've got the tools in here to do what I... What I, I like, I've got tempo plays... Uh, I've got map plays. I've got like some cheeky plays. Like I've got some tools here. Like I I would run this out. Yeah.
1: And if I take yeah, a loss
0: whatever, I know like I know what I am I I'm doing running into more, my own OC arc Bone Reaper army. Um, mm-hmm. I was already playing a risky gameplay, but but if I get my strategy to work and the dice are on my side, dust my hands.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, are are you going to be at the top tables? No, probably not. But will you have some enjoyable games at the mid-tables and maybe even surprise someone when, you know, that uh, that Lord on Stonehorn charges in and wipes some dreadspheres and then has a dash save and gets a, gets his ass handed to him by a bunch of elves with pointy sticks? Yeah, yeah. you'll know, surprise a few opponents here and there. Right, and,
0: and that's the other part of it. Is you, you've set yourself up to enjoy the premise of the list you've built right? Mm-hmm. Like, the victory condition for you isn't winning the game, it's getting the combo off that you've set up. Right. And seeing it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what, when when you're doing, like, mad list science, which is, you know, like, working with cheeky combos, or, like, just really, sure. really fun sort of Johnny-type like, cheeky plays, the enjoyment comes from, like, having your hypothesis, like, you mm-hmm. know, a question you can test, right? Like, and then testing it and then it succeeded and you're like yeah i did the thing like sure. like when when 40 dark shards like delete nagash who's on like a <laughs> nil save with a with a six up now <laughs> 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 like mm. you're just like here's my 400 points of idiots and oh your 880 point death god is gone uh, good yeah. game. Good game.
1: <laughs> yeah, right when when Archaon takes the field and in the middle of his diatribe, he's like, "Why am I covered in goo?" And then he gets <laughs> shot to death by a bunch of elves who are like mind controlled. If you read the Darkling Coven's lore, most of their of their models are like mind controlled thralls. And he's just like, "I'm covered in goo, and now I'm shot to death. How did this even happen?" Grad well, Marshall. You yeah, Grand, yeah, Grand Marshal of the Apocalypse killed while well, covered in goo. You gotta imagine the vanguard there being like, well, shit, now what? Yeah. Now yeah. what do we do?
0: Yeah. It's
1: just embarrassing.
0: Yeah, yeah, Grand Marshal of the got-punked-ellipse instead.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, any uh, any any thoughts you want to add to just, like, sort of the generals of... And this could be a rehash of some of the other stuff we've talked about, but any general tenets of, 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 of mad list science? Any... Any takeaway points you'd like to give to anyone watching or listening to this episode?
1: Sure. I think these lists are always, for me, very much uh, a sort of theoretical exercise. You know, would they be fun? Yes. Would I want to spend the money to build them? Probably not, if I didn't already have this stuff. Um, but you could take this to Tabletop Simulator and have a laugh with a friend. But just the idea of trying to, you know, make some of these things work sometimes helps you then when you're building actual, good, solid lists... Because you've tested out different approaches. You've gotten a better understanding how certain things combine. And if nothing else, you've learned what bad synergy looks like. Like, take a look at the Daughters of Cane list and how much effort we spent to give them any shooting phase at all. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, will help a lot when you're building other armies saying, should I invest 400 points in making this phase work better? Well, uh, this is starting to sound like that Daughters of Cane list, so maybe no. Right. Right. I mean that's that's the other
0: thing is like you start to like look at the sort of like the sunk cost fallacy of like trying right. to make trying to make shooting work in an army where it's just like you can keep sinking points into it and like if it's not good shooting it's going to be a lot of not good shooting at the end of the day.
1: Right. Yeah, unless that new hero in that $200 box set comes out and says, like, you know, increase the mortal wound output done by bloodstalkers by one and allow that to happen in every phase of the game. Yeah, no one's looking at this list and saying, yeah, this is a a good spend of your points and your money. Right. So sometimes it can be worthwhile to build these lists just to remind yourself of what bad synergy looks like so you can avoid that when you're building an actual competitive list right. or just a solid one that you're you're looking forward to. Right.
0: right. Theme, theme building is, is a super valid strategy. I, I tend to like go with uh, theme build, but then I try to maximize mm-hmm. the theme. So like sure. what I was taught, what I was kind of doing with the Despoilers list is I'm like I actually like the theme of the list. I'm like, but now mm-hmm. I'm starting to like move away from like the really all in approach to the theme you had with the Mutaliths. So, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like now I just want to like kind of have that as like that sort of like pet side combo and then build mm-hmm. the best the best list I can with within the framework that still facilitates that. And now I'm like looking at like uh, an army list and I'm like, okay, I think I've got a shot with this. Like I can not win a tournament, but like. I might be in it for best chaos if I get some lucky breaks, you know, sure, or, or whatever. Yeah. Whatever that new sort of uh, sort of stratum looks like once I've like kind of tuned, tuned, and duelled with some of the uh, uh, the listy stuff that's gone down here. Real quick, Hobby Bear spending a thousand RDP to remind everybody that chat gang ain't none to fuck with. <laughs> um.
1: But yeah, I think I think that's a really solid point, that when you take some of these ideas to the extreme, then that helps you better understand, like, well, I might take a small version of this, and that might actually be interesting. Mm-hmm. You could make a list that has 11 Charybdis and a Black Ark Fleetmaster, and it will be terrible. But in the process of doing that, you might realize Charybdis is, can be a little bit of a bravery debuff. That might be an interesting thing to have in my list, and I'd spend 200 points on that. And there you go. Now you have uh, that pet unit that might catch somebody out.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Vidalia sauce. Extreme sports has taught me to go big or go home.
1: <laughs> right. Well, well, then I've got a list with eleven charybdis for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I replaced toxic masculinity with recklessness. Well, and there's the thing: is like your awareness of it, and uh, you know you do it with some compassion, and and you can truly enjoy. Again, if your enjoyment, if you shift your expectations. You know, mm-hmm. What do you th- what do you think you're gonna get out of this with, with stuff? You can really begin to have a lot of fun in some different spaces of the game. And I, I think that's one yeah. of the things is is um I don't like to look at this game linearly like we often boil it down to in, in conversation. Again, I have mm-hmm. a competitive skew, I tend to talk more, more competitively, yada yada yada. Um I have used the phrase that unit is trash or that unit's garbage or that unit's a trap. I'm trying not to use that vernacular nearly as much because mm-hmm. it has become aware to me. That some people don't care about the most competitive, awesomest list they can build, but when I call their pet unit trash, they feel bad, and I have like affected their life, and I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm trying. Sure. It's gonna be a work in progress, everybody. Uh, people calling my Black Knights trash, I kind of like took an enjoyment in it, mm-hmm. and for one whole calendar year, I watched their eyes go from like ignoring the unit completely to going, "Oh no, I've got a problem," because I applied it correctly to the situation, and they were not All prepared, right? right? um
1: and you you could play off that with those units too black knights are i think are a great example when somebody has to kill through 20 black knights that they think are trash and then you summon them back up again and throw them right back in their face and they're like oh god damn it i'm just like oh I what thought the- you said they were trash i'm sorry you said you- they were trash you- i figured you wouldn't mind fighting them again yeah
0: yeah i thought you were ha- you you thought they were trash and like not worth their points but um they seem to be worth double their point, or they seem to be worth one-half their points, you know, because yeah. I've used them now twice against you. Um, right. Like, I, yeah, I mean, there's just... I mean, I, I remember uh, winning on Knife to the Heart on just throwing 20 Black Knights at at the Stormcast player. <laughs> I've been I've
1: been on the other side of that. It's not fun.
0: I'm just like, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing... I dropped... I kept my whole army back on my point and I just, like, sent out the Black Knight missile three turns in a row. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm on the third turn, like, I didn't kill your whole army, but you didn't have enough points. And you had committed everything in your drop-down to, on turn three, thinning uh, everything but 400 points of my army or whatever. Right, yeah.
1: <laughs> like. How... And... <laughs> and unless you're running one specific build, none of those Stormcasts are coming back. So you get a few lucky wounds in here and there, and that's models off the table.
0: Oh yeah, like you just fought a hun- You just fought eighty skeletons and thirty grave guard, and then like the rest of my army back over here. And uh, let's see, uh, not going good for you. And uh, yep. that just missile of black knights that I just kept bringing back and throwing at the guy. And then on turn three, I'm just like, uh, I surround you, no one. Right. Like yeah. I didn't even no no even comment. I'm just like, there we go. I've got <laughs> yeah. more bodies on the point. Like <laughs> there's there's a there's an enjoyment in in taking something that is, is sub-optimal or, or, like, what might be considered a handicap, and still just, sure. like, proving the premise, or, or proving the point, you know. The point might not be to win with it. The point can be just, like, I'm gonna kill an Archeon, or I'm gonna, you mm-hmm. know, you know, like, Hand Dust. I've got a rolling tally for Hand Dust right now with, with Nagash. I want to kill every major single model <laughs> over the course of, of, of my Age of Sigmar career. So I keep, like, a little tally. And so, like, oh yeah, He's not like super viable right now. Guess who I'm gonna bring to the first tournament out of quarantine? Like,
1: hmm. <laughs> like I got,
0: I've sure. got a, I've got a quota to fill here of like souls to take from all of the important models. Uh, I still got to get me a keeper of secrets.
1: Oh yeah, there you go. Might be a little bit harder secrets. nowadays.
0: Yeah, because they might not be bringing as many. But like, I still mm-hmm. got to get me a. Well, would I still got to get me a keeper of secrets? I, I, uh, I still got to get me a Gotrick, which is sort of my unicorn. You can't kill Gotrick with hand of dust. Oh, but you can, if it's the last mortal wound he takes. <laughs> so the trick is to like try to get him down to one wound and then hand of dust him to death.
1: Right. So yeah.
0: This is my unicorn, okay?
1: Doing complicated skeleton calculus to leave Gotrick on one wound so you can kill him with a specific spell. This is some like JRPG bullshit, right? That's now.
0: amazing, isn't it? Like this yeah. is my life's this is my life's work <laughs> quest <laughs> is to kill Gotrick with like with a hand of dust. With the one, right. The one mortal wound, and then like, and then just Nagash. I'm like, this is the supremest middle finger that has ever been delivered. <laughs> oh, I see. So Here's,
1: this... go ahead. To so this one dwarf who has survived so many things. <laughs> screw you in particular. Yeah, yeah.
0: The, it, like, but then he's got to fail his, like four up after saying, oh, right, but... right.
1: <laughs> So i probably f- get the spell ignore because he's in like Hallow Heart or something yeah, like that.
0: Yeah, no, I so it's like uh, it's it's a quest, but yeah, I mean you can. It it comes from and I'm going to tie it back to to mindfulness or mm-hmm. or, or thoughtfulness. TM rantcast. Right. Yes. Um, you know, being aware of and you know, being aware of and kind of uh, you know embracing, and having compassion. You know, like the self awareness is super important. I think especially in competition. Um, mm-hmm. That would be the most epic. Yeah, I know. One day. One day <laughs> Gotrick will be mine. <laughs> oh yes, he will be mine. His soul. Well, yeah. I no, no, no. Like you don't understand. If I'm going if the game is I'm trying to kill Gotrick with hand of dust, that is the game strategy. I'm not trying to do anything else. They're I'm probably punting that game. I'm losing but i will kill him with a hand of dust i'm going to set i'm going to get him swarmed I'm be trying to kill him i'm going to protect Nagash, and i'm just going to go play a micro battle over here in the corner and if my opponent's like can i just take the win and like you we say you handed us and i'm like no don't sully this <laughs> i must earn it <laughs> right yeah like but if an opponent like say say like i like i get an opponent and like i kill the like i'm handed like i handed us their gotrick and they're like they roll the like four up after save and and they're like, I'm gonna use my tournament reroll to roll under the four up or to, to roll like under the four up and the, thus die, I would count that.
1: Okay. Right. Or or if they just said like I'll use it and we'll roll re roll it. If it if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think you could take that. Yeah. And what a great use of your tournament reroll too. <laughs> You know, you've earned a sports sword at that point when you're like, I'm going to tournament reroll that just to try to get you your personal objective. <laughs> but I, I, I yeah. really do think that's part of building some of these lists. And if you go back to the, the first list, uh, Silly Lists episode that we did. Um, I talk a lot about a couple of Stormcast lists that do this. Like the the Assassins of, of Sigmar list, where um, the whole goal is to drop in a whole bunch of heroes. They get to use this major combo once to murder the crap out of one thing. And then after that, it's just an RPG team fighting their way back through enemy lines. Yeah. And like at that point, it doesn't really matter whether or not you've accomplished anything. It's just kind of fun to see how far it goes.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's still one of my favorites. Is the essentially the D and D party that you made, right? Um, yeah, no, I, for, I I'd kind of forgotten about that. So go back and watch all of Alex's episodes. By the way, they're they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's uh, yeah. There are uh, the on uh, on my hand, but a single hand. I can count the number of guests where I'm like, you can just run the show. I'll leave. And uh, <laughs> Alex is, no. is on uh, is on that that single not hand of dust. The the hand of like mm. of awesome guests. The hand of guests really. Mm.
1: Um, yeah. So um, Pro- probably not after that minor uh, elf rant that I went on. You while weren't you were prepared gone. for was, that one.
0: That, I wasn't prepared to walk away at the, from the screen either.
1: Uh, that, that'll teach him to walk away yeah. when all of the elf players are like, "Did you hear what he said about wanderers?" I'd be like, "I did not." Uh, mm, scratch him from the hand of guests. <laughs> the hand of guests.
0: Sacrifice <laughs> um, it all for the prize. Uh, my most epic is either uh, T2 round one killing Nagash in Petrifex with a single cabbage combat, or Fire Slayer's throwing axe killing Nagash. <laughs> I, I'm not happy that most of your like goals are killing are killing Nagash. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this uh, vanilla sauce. Um, what I is... like
1: that. One of one of his major achievements is the Call of Duty equivalent of throwing an axe and it randomly kills somebody on the other side.
0: Like I don't know how I feel about this. Like, <laughs> I uh, like cool. I mean that's the thing is like even with like Petra I'm like there's stuff I won't fight in in melee combat. Now I've been it's been nerfed, so like I won't. I'm even more not going to fight them. A single Stonehorn, like. Mm. Not gonna fight yep. that if I if I can. Stonehorn
1: will mess you up.
0: Yep, Archeon, uh, just because of Slayer of Kings uh, mm-hmm. like not prepared to handle that. Um, neither of us want to lose our our eight hundred point model. Uh, right. My <laughs> Although Aileron... the Archeon player will probably pick that fight. Yeah, he wants that, and and mm-hmm. I want to hand a dust him, and uh, not be in range of Slayer of Kings. So uh, we calls it even. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I have handed dusted an Archeon though, so I don't need to check that one off my list. <laughs> I,
1: I, I have I have an Archeon that's actually within eyeshot right now that is built but unpainted and mm-hmm. so that uh you know but I'm of course gonna run it in Siege where I can be a cheating bastard and be like and you're dead oh yeah just no 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 choices to that just Siege smiles on Archeon today and you're sucked into a sword for eternity yeah yeah I mean that's the thing again
0: like like uh Petrifex Elite Nagash was like there were there were there were stuff you still wouldn't fight because the things, Terrorgeist. A Terrorgeist terror could take him off the table. Oh, for sure. Like there, there are things that will just the punchiest combatty things. Uh, usually, it's like thirty bodies of X. Like we'll kill mm-hmm. him easily, handily, and he won't. You know, so there's just like a lot of stuff that usually around, like around like four hundred to four sixty point range will kill him in mm-hmm. in combat. But that that wasn't the point of Nagash. It wasn't to be the punchiest, coolest guy. It's to be the Lord of Death. I mean, he just he wins it. The totality of killing. The overall mm. big picture.
1: Um, yeah, he, he wins death, period. Right. Yeah. Uh, a confession I will make here on Rantcast, since I know you're a fan. I have never successfully been able to kill Nagash. Interesting. I have brought him down to, I think, a single wound. But I have never actually killed him and removed him from the table.
0: I have I have killed uh, Impostor Nagashes. I have also lost <laughs> my own Nagash to uh, another Nagash.
1: Uh, has anyone killed Nagash with his own hand of dust from a cursling? No, but many people have been sorely tempted. You basically, like, the stars have to align even more than cheating Zeench moving the stars around. You know, pulling a King of All Cosmos, Katamari Damashi, smashing the stars together to make it all work. You have to pull so much to make a cursling kill Nagash with his own hand of dust. Yeah, But if you did, it would be amazing. Yeah. I'm gonna make a
0: Speaking of, I want to make the Vokmordian Na- Nagash list one day with, mm-hmm. the, with the Umbral spell portal. Oh, because
1: he has one of the... he has an insta-kill spell too, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His is less of a hand of dust and more of a, like, fingertip of dust, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's on a five-up. You don't do the the hiding, the dice thing. The spell is harder to cast for him because he has no bonuses. Uh, mm. So, so like, you're it's just, like, a five-up if all the stars align and it's only a one-inch range. But you can mm. use a spell portal on that because it's not. Modified. Oh, okay. So it's a what, a, like a like a twenty twenty-one inch range or what? Or no, not a twenty-one inch range. like a thirteen-inch range then. So like you mm-hmm. can still do it. But I want to have like the double the like team-handed dust. I'm <laughs> gonna build. Speaking of like mad madless science, um, I want to do that, and I think it's gonna be mixed, uh, like a mixed death, because I believe there's an artifact that that has a chance of like outright slaying you in in. in in grand alliance death Mm -hmm. there might be or something i I remember the. i'm like i i did it a while ago it's been a bit since i found the three insta kills in death Mm -hmm. um but uh i'll comb back through my books yeah choosing Uh, the hands is way cooler
1: yeah yeah there was a question in chat about uh which do i think is better rolling a five up or choosing one of two hands always choosing the hand because then you feel like you have a choice the five up is just the dice gods decide, but if I get to pick whether or not my extremely important unit gets murdered, I'm always going to pick that for the illusion of choice.
0: I mean, it, it breaks down to about a fifty-fifty, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right? With that, right? Yeah, with the picking with the picking a thing, but the pageantry of it, the the mm-hmm. social interaction, um, there that's that's the that's one of the things that makes Age of Sigmar like wonderfully Age of Sigmar to me. Um, <laughs> I know I'm outright slaying your model and you're really mad about that. But you could have unbound the spell, I could fail the spell cast, and then the dice thing and the range and like there's there's about four sure. or five ways to mitigate before we even get to the dice portion of this exchange. You know, pick me up. But I mean I bought a single golden die, and that's the die I hide for hand of dust. <laughs> like, is this one golden dice? Like, oh, you have to. Yeah, you have to
1: use the special dice. You like, can't just pick up any random dice and be like, this is the Hand of Dust dice. Mm-mm. No,
0: and when I get the tattoo of Nagash <laughs> on my on my forearm, that will become my Hand of Dice hand, and I will tell my opponents going into it that this is the Hand of Dust. And I'll put the die in it. <laughs> and I'm still going to watch my opponents sweat and think I'm a liar, but what I want to do is I want to film a battle report that's like full like WWE rigged style, and like... <laughs> And like, and to hide the hand, like, and to like show the camera that I've put it in the hand of dust, but then show the opponent like they're being compelled to pick the wrong hand. <laughs> you know, like, like, like a, like a, like a Papa
1: Django style like mind control. Like, I want to do that. Where like it's- you, you'll still get people who will think, oh, there's no way he's gonna put it in the hand with the tattoo. He put it in the hand with the tattoo. What do you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, Rob from the Honest War Gamer talked about when the. Uh, Skink, uh, Starseer, I think it was, used to, you know, you pick a dice and your opponent has to guess. And if they guess wrong, then you get that many re-rolls. And he would just pick six re-rolls every time. And everyone would assume, no, he's not going to be that ambitious to try to give himself six re-rolls. But he did it every single time. And yeah. still, the vast majority of the time, no one caught on. Yeah. So everyone just assumes like, no, surely not. He did.
0: Ah, son of a bitch. Oh, yeah, the Poison game from The Princess Bride, Perfect. Perfect analogy. I love it. Yeah, Iocane powder or whatever. Yeah. like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I see, I love that, I love that though. I love that. Like, don't make it, don't put it in all the rules forever and blah 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 blah, but those, like, little weird, quirky interactions that kind of happen around yeah. the table and, uh, like, having a like, uh, that's why I like Dark Prophecy, speaking of Archeon. Actually,
2: I actually really oh, like right. Dark
0: Prophecy. I thought it was a cool little gambling shtick. You know, like, you're hiding the die and um, I mean, when you boil it down to ultimately what's happening, is like, I'm just like, gonna basically have two, kind of two shots in the previous iteration, the first iteration, pre FAQ. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna have two shots at rolling for the priority, basically. Which I think we did the math and it worked yeah. up to like a 44% chance, like 44% chance or something. We did the math and it was like, it was a slight advantage
2: mm-hmm. yeah. of,
0: of winning the double turn or vice versa. And then we're like, yes, but at a certain level of, like, being good at the game, you're always kind of playing around the double turn anyway.
1: Right, and, yeah.
0: And so the bluffing game becomes that that Dark Prophecy player looks at the dice, pretends they got the double turn, goes super aggressive with the push with their models, and then they're on defense. Like, <laughs> so that's, like, kind of the genius of, like, and I, I'm like, but that's the fun interaction.
1: Sure. Is
0: that that interaction of, like, if you hit certain level of, like, good at the game, you get to play that, like, that the, the, the Dread Pirate Roberts versus the Sicilian, <laughs> like, poison game with your opponent. Right, right. Like, at a certain level, you're having that, like, you're adding poker play to Age of Sigmar. You know, you yeah. don't want a ton of it. You don't want it to all be poker. But every now sure. and then, when you get to poker face your opponent... Like, it's, you're adding that, like, that this is just something that our game is big enough to handle, that other games simply are not. No. You know?
1: And th- those rules being few and far between make the times that they do show up special. I know back in the day they used to have more of those rules and people said it was actually, it was, like, kind of cumbersome trying to trip yes. over all of these weird yes. interactions. yeah. Um, and i remember when i first got introduced to the game i was reading through all the dark elf war scrolls and uh back then medusa had an ability their uh, like special stare ability you had to make direct eye contact with your opponent and the first person and if they broke eye contact before you did then the ability went off and at the time i remember reading that thinking that was funny and then after i sat with it for i was like oh god that's so uncomfortable to do that to someone, and to be like, for my game mechanics, I have to make you uncomfortable. I love it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a, I know I'm a monster because I'm like, I want that one to come back. I'm like, I would. Um, <laughs> on 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 a on a joke level, it's hilarious. But on an actual in-person interaction level, I would just be like, I can't do this. I can't. I don't want to do this to ability. you. You don't want you this to ability. do this to me either. Well, well like, let's. Let's just make it a dice roll.
0: Yeah. No, I understand that. There, there. Are, I mean, the, that that old like uh, skink star priest thing. I would like to see that. Like, if we're getting the the vampires army, I would love mm-hmm. to actually see a mechanic like that on one of the Ro- war scrolls. Like, I would love to see that. You, you're basically playing pirates dice or bluffers dice.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. Have a, a bluffers dice mini game on like an artifact or something. That'd be br- sure. fantastic. That'd be fantastic.
1: Um, uh, they should they should crib something from Total War Warhammer, and uh, which they missed an opportunity for lizardmen. But that one of the options you present your opponent with one of the pu- the lizardmen puzzles, the old one puzzles from Total War Warhammer, just be like you have to solve it, or you take D six mortal wounds. And then just watch your opponent sweat and be like, uh, 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 I don't know. It's the blue one. You're like, it was the red one. D6 mortal wounds, I'm afraid. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm i fine with that. Like, I'm fine with a couple,
0: couple sparingly, on, like, abilities that usually have some counterplay leading up to even being in that situation. Or mm-hmm. it's a minor effect if it goes wrong anyway to where, like, right. um, there's a Daughters of Cain ability. There's a Prayer, I believe, where you hide the die and they take a D3 mortal wounds. It's like it, it's it's so minor where I'd be like, whatever, man, I'll take a D three mortal wounds. You know, like right. so you you can do, you can do stuff like that to where like mm. I'm not gonna solve your puzzle. I'll just take the thing. But for the people who will, you know, like right, yeah,
1: you don't have to play my game. But if you do play my game, we might have fun. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I, I think there's room for 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 sparingly.
1: Right, salt and
0: peppered across the armies subtly, and when it makes sense, you know, when it's thematic, when it's really cool or really fun. Uh, hand of dust—it's it, the literal hand of dust you're choosing. <laughs> right? Like the god of death is slaying a model outright. How do we make that interesting? This is interesting. Sure. Gambling with yeah, your life, uh-huh. you know, like the—it's—it's it's grim reapery. It's classic, like Hades war, ga- like Hades games. Like it's—it's it's so like it's so fantastic. Like never. Games Workshop, I know you're listening. You listen to all my podcasts. <laughs> never take it away. Never take it away. I, you can make a cast value of 12. Just never get rid of it, please. It's amazing.
1: While you're there, Games Workshop, where are the Shadow Elves? Where's Malarium? <laughs> While you're at it. Listen, so... this new box set is very nice. I'm sure both players of those armies are very happy. Where's our Shadow Elves? Yeah. 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 Uh, that. that on that note i did um i did kind of theory craft a little bit some like what do i think uh and see this is how i want to end the show
0: here this is this is perfect
1: and olgu army would look like a shadow elf army and one ability that i really like the idea of which is along these same lines but far less effective is that they would have apostates whose only goal is that when the opponent makes a prayer they argue against belief and so they negate enemy prayers
0: that would be fun as, like, a unique mechanic. Uh, certain people would be really mad about that, but I think... Oh, yeah. This this comes down to, like, okay, the KO. Oh, KO is the mm. 40k army in Age of Sigmar. If mm-hmm. they're the only army like that, that's fine as a cool shtick. Like, just like it's fine as a cool shtick if you have just the one army that says no to prayers. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, because yeah. they,
0: they're, like, they're atheists or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, because one of, the, one of the big traits of Olgu is that uh, it's all about illusion and misdirection and so the people who live there they love these like um tricks and arguments and casting doubt and all this stuff it's their side of the philosophy is the critique and the the cynicism and the you know undermining arguments and so i think it would be actually really interesting for them to be an army that says oh you believe in your god sam well how about this does that doesn't make sense for corn and have your priest be like oh shit, you're right, that doesn't make sense. And then a fist from corn comes down and smashes the Slaughter Priest for his lack of belief. While your apostate's like, eh, wasn't a good argument.
0: I love love that. It wasn't convincing. I'm not convinced. Yeah, or you believe in your god, but does your god believe in you? (laughs) It's just like casting
1: doubt into the lines of the... the... I love that. I love that so much. Games Workshop. Yeah, could corn. Make a fist that's so strong it can't punch itself, and the slaughter priest's heads just explode. Yeah, and yeah. you're like, I, I don't know. You got to argue your
0: way around it, man.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Could corn, could corn make a fist so mighty he
1: could punch himself and let his own blood? Yeah. Could corn punch his own skull out? If could he make a fist strong enough to do that? <laughs> it's like, well, no. Like, well, then I guess he's not very mighty. It's like, well, then yes. Well. Then he's not very mighty because he punched his own skull out. It's like
0: what, <laughs> what, What? <laughs> uh, vanilla sauce. I struggle to get prayer of ash off once in a five round game on a three up without your disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, that's that's where you're going to get that polarized, that that slight polarization, sure. right? Is like the uh, don't don't affect with my blah blah blah. And this is where I say if you have that awareness and expectation, you can have fun with each other. If you have compassion for yeah. each other's like gameplay and like what you're trying to do, like like I'm excited. I go into games against armies that are supposed to crush me excited. I want to mm-hmm. see how thorough they they can actually crush me. Mm-hmm. And and then I get that little bit of that contrarian. I'm like, oh, really? Like, you, you're supposed to win this. I'm going to take you to the limit and make you earn this now. Or yeah, it's like... or I'm going to set, like, a, a separate goal and, like, kill your favorite model in the whole army. And, like, mm-hmm. get that little, like, you know, as I'm sinking into, like, the lava... Like, I put up the middle uh-huh. finger before I go down.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> you may have won in every other way, but I killed that one model yeah. that you were really invested in.
0: Yeah, I killed Gotrick with a hand of dust, and
1: I'm just like... I get yeah. right off into the sunset. Yeah, you're four Bastiladon who are doing three mortal wounds to me every shot, because, you know, you're. I'm a demon army, and you get to fire twice, so you're getting all these extra shots. You were supposed to wipe me on turn two. It's turn four, and I'm still here.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I I may have lost almost my entire army, but I mean, just yeah. not, not keeping up with the averages here, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. You're full. Are you even good at your army? That's supposed to win this easily on paper.
1: Yeah, isn't your army's a hard counter to mine? Isn't yeah. it a hard counter. Yeah. The, sure
0: this that? is this is this was a a seventy a 70, 30, 80, 20 matchup, right for you? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's coming yeah. down to the last turn here, buddy.
1: Ooh, so, so strange. You might not want to talk about this in the WhatsApp. They might, they might, they might kick you out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You hear that, like your hard counter, like the thing that you hard countered, like took you to, took you to time. Mm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Huh? Weird. Weird. <laughs> and that, yes, or just I be an know. asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like this is how you be an asshole and make no friends <laughs> yes.
1: no this this is the flip side. we did that whole bit about mindfulness and acceptance and compassion Now we're here like, and here's how you be a jerk instead. yeah, and this is how you
0: this is how you shift it and become mean with these things by being aware yeah. then you twist and be be mean with them, uh, yeah, now
1: let's say you don't care about making friends well, on that side,
0: yeah. Mm. Yeah, one one of my friends talked about how bad his army was, Nurgle pre buffs, I believe, against Petrifex, and about how it's not even really a game. Then somehow won. Petrifex <laughs> player rage quit event. Yeah, yeah, that. I mean, you're in your head, or they're in their yeah. head, right? Like. Yeah. Yeah, use that stuff. You know, wow. if you're a competitive player, use that stuff. Like, um, there, there is a the whole mental game is is valid, and I'm all about giving people the most enjoyable time possible and not mm-hmm. beating yourself before you even deploy. You right. Know, that's super important. And so the Nurgle player doesn't beat himself before he deploys, gives himself a chance, plays his army that he knows well, well, that he mm-hmm. knows well strongly. He plays it good. Uh, maybe he has some dice on his side. Maybe actually just played like a really, just out of his lights out best game ever, right? No. Um, there's an expression, we all have, Every every player's got that one lights out game in them. Every player mm. in everything, whether it's basketball, whether it's 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 Age of Sigmar or Magic the Gathering, some you just on a on a long enough timeline something just clicks and you get that one game where everything sure. all the dice are in your favor, you have the right line of play, and you can't be stopped. You become the juggernaut for a game. Maybe that's mm. what it was. Everything clicked. Yeah. All the strategies, all everything, and you. But, like, again, that comes back to the the awareness of the situation and, 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 you know, what are you, you know... That Petrifex Elite player went in going, I automatically beat Nurgle, right? Right, right. That was where... And then got surprised. That's where you set your expectation. You're, man, that's such a weird zero-sum scenario I wouldn't want to set up for myself in right, any game. Yeah. The I'm supposed to win this is a, a kind of... I feel like you're opening yourself... Uh, Mass Effect 3 is supposed to be the awesome finale I deserve. Like, you're setting yourself up for some disappointment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If, it's, if, go ahead, yeah. And anytime we're getting into that realm of, like, shoulds and supposed to, you are really setting some expectations for yourself, and we often set unrealistic expectations. Um, we can do that by being overly harsh, we can do that by being overly critical, but we can certainly do that in the opposite direction, too, and be... You know, overly generous or overly confident, yeah. And so we do have to be careful about that. Uh, you know, and granted, we're talking about that in the realm of playing Age of Sigmar, but that—that's look at how nasty that morale shock was for that player. That he literally said, "I don't want to be in this event anymore because my expectation was so thoroughly dashed." Mm-hmm. You know, if he had or or she had potentially been. Uh, you know, a little bit more accepting of the situation, a little bit, you know, more mindful of some of the ways they were setting themselves up, then perhaps that morale shock wouldn't have been as bad. Maybe they could have turned around to that Nurgle player and said, There was no way in hell I saw that coming, but good on you.
0: Wow, high fives, and now you're buying each other beer and having a great time after the fact right. that we made a lifelong friend out of it. You know, like there's there's situations like that where you you go into you know, if you have just a slightly more open set of expectations. I think that's really because it's hard to like not feel that sort of visceral initial basic response of certain certain stimulus in your life mm-hmm. in anything, whether it's a sure. game when the dice don't go your way, someone kills your favorite model, it's alright to feel bad about it like all that stuff is mm-hmm. valid um, but if you have a slightly wider set of expectations and, and awareness to them, you can find that sort of like mental line to lean mm-hmm. into while you kind of reconcile the other stuff you're feeling. You know, sure. Yeah. So you know, in the the Nurgle experience or the Nurgle scenario here, um, you know, like I, as a Petrovics elite player who's pretty skilled, and as someone who's played Death a long time, and I don't think I've lost a Nurgle yet in like three calendar years of Age of Sigmar. Now, I don't think I've lost a Nurgle yet. I probably have some problems inside me that I'm setting myself up for the next time I play against <laughs> a Nurgle player. <laughs> by the way. Um, and
1: you and you live in the U.S. Midwest, so you will play a Nurgle player. Oh, yeah, like Butcher. you have yeah, a like, lot of them. Yeah,
0: I beat Butcher's Nurgle, like, and, you know, like, and I hate Nagash. I just hate Nagash. Like, and you know, like, there's uh, shout-outs to, to Butch, fucking amazing hobbyist and a great dude. But, um, <laughs> like, you know, like, so I'm just sitting there, I'm like, uh-oh, like, every time I beat a Nurgle player, I have to start looking over my shoulder for the one that's got my number now. You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, uh, like uh, I remember, I, I lost to IDK once. I'm like, mm-hmm. I will never lose to IDK again. And then all I did was practice against IDK until sure. until like my hands were sore from pushing my models. <laughs> and then the next like three events, I played IDK. I even went down to NashCon. I t- said to Brendan, I'm like, I'm gonna play against the IDK. Sure shit, round three played against IDK. Uh, mm-hmm. Like self fulfilling prophecy, beat them. And I'm like, I'm like, I haven't lost a game. IDK since, but now I'm beginning to build expectations. And
1: right, right. So. You've you've swung back around now, and you're saying to yourself, "Oh, I've I've gotten so good at beating IDK. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's there's no way one of those could beat me now." <clears throat> and then you come across like a four turtle list, and you know when that loss rolls in, you're like, "How did this happen? How did I lose the four did turtles?
0: This is the bad version of the army. What the hell? You know, right? Like, yeah. Or 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 I run into that player who's 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 legitimately. Lights out, way better than me. I probably mm. have that loss coming, right? Huh? Like, but if I'm not in that open awareness to okay, like, yeah, I mean, I I personally wanted to get better at playing against this one army, so I put in the time. But mm-hmm. the the outcome, I the I have an ideal outcome, but the realistic outcome is a lot broader. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I need to be aware and accepting of that that broader thing and be less harsh on myself because yeah. the first thing I'm going to do is like. I'm great at beating IDK. Now I lost to them. They're rabble, rabble. And I get mad. Like, I get mad because mm-hmm. it turns on myself. This is me speaking. I, I turn on myself right. first. Why didn't I play better? Uh, I know this army in and out. I know my army sure. in and out. Like And then I start to go down and, you know, the, the second guess myself. Second guess the whole gameplay. Did I make the right strategy here? Were my dice averages right? Okay. Yeah, my dice were the right averages. Okay, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and you start to do that. You do the math and you second guess. Or, or... You can enjoy a hard-fought game that you had against no. your opponent, you know, and and embrace a this sort of, like, wider, more forgiving of yourself, like, sort no. of mentality, and, and certainly a more compassionate one towards your opponent. Well, I yeah. think that's what you're saying, is forgiving self is self-compassion, right? And then no. compassion for your opponent.
1: And... Something that uh, that might come up as as we're talking through this, and as someone is listening to your point just now, I could imagine a counter argument being made of, "Well, shouldn't you reflect on a loss like that and try to figure out, you know, where things went wrong and pull that useful sure. information?" And the answer is that absolutely you should. But if you come at that from a place of resistance, you come at that from a place of saying, "You know, there's no way I should have lost this game. What went wrong?" you're actually putting more stress on yourself. You're actually making it harder for yourself to absorb those lessons. And this is something we actually see pan out in the research, that resistance-based approaches can lead to some behavioral change, but they tend to put a great deal more stress on us. So the more we're able to adopt an acceptance-based approach, not only does that pave the way for growth and for change, but it actually reduces the impact that that whole process has on us, the negative impact, the stress. Mm. So the more you can slip into the mindset that says, okay, you know, I, I did lose this game, and I am frustrated. You know, I really thought I had this in the bag. And with that, let me take a look at this game and see what I could have done better. See what I could have done differently. See, you know, how things happened. Maybe I'll learn something really useful here. And maybe that will make it easier for me to reflect that approach is actually much more likely to get you where you want to go than saying, you know, what the hell went wrong? Let me, let me pick this thing apart until I figure out, you know, where, what happens here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Everyone's, uh, everyone's carrying an L for you out there. Someone's carrying your L at all times mm-hmm. They're They're holding to an L and they're going to hand you that L uh, no, you just want to hand you just want to hand out your L's you got coming to other people before you take yours, right? Like I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, man. Uh, any any uh, last tangents, rants, or, or or final soapbox moments you want to get off your chest before we uh, we sign off here?
1: Uh no, nothing comes to mind. Thanks for having me on again. It was fun to get a chance to go through some silly lists again. So I'm glad I was able to come up with some good ones for us and. You know, to everyone else out there who has listened throughout the day, you know, just try as best you can to to be kind to yourself. You know, try to be accepting towards yourself and to the people around you. Uh, just remember, you know, try to set aside some compassion for yourself.
0: I love that. I don't think I can say mm-hmm. it any better. But if people want to uh, reach out to you on Twitter, uh, where can they find you?
1: Uh, you can find me at at moderate pants. Uh so I am one of the one of the pants mafia, as we go by, and so I am I am the moderate pants in the group.
0: <laughs> do you do you often find yourself moderating the the
1: the pants debates? Uh, sometimes. Although I I think it's more that I will sometimes adopt the middle position in order to infuriate uh, both sides.
0: I love it. I love the the yeah. contrarian to like to, to suck like, i can fires.
1: I can see where you're both coming from but what if you're both wrong <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh the pants mafia here in the midwest are absolutely if you ever get to play against any one of them uh mm-hmm. you will have uh you will have a great fantastic game uh
1: 100 and as a quick chill moment for us uh this weekend we are finally conducting round two of our pants to glory uh path to glory event. Uh, which we will be putting up on YouTube. Uh, we do have a a pants mafia AOS channel. We all got one video. We're almost at triple digit views. Nice. So, yeah. so but, if you have any interest in watching uh, you know three random guys in the Midwest pay uh, path to glory, which admittedly you're watching because one of them is playing Lumineth. you can all admit it right now. Right. Um we will be doing round two of pa- of pants to glory this weekend.
0: That's fantastic. What's the does the YouTube have like a unique handle, or do we just look up pants mafia on YouTube?
1: You know that is a good question. Let me just grab that quick so I can actually tell people the right one. Uh, and because pants
0: mafia could be a, a whole different Google search.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can only imagine the rabbit hole you'll go down. Pants mafia aos as three separate phrases. All right, uh, search for that, and you'll you'll hopefully be able to find us.
0: Perfect. And I'll of course have links in the videos, uh, the video and or uh, the show notes here here tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, man. Thank you so much. I, I had a blast here. Uh, thank you for being a part of the rantathon. Uh, thank mm-hmm. you for now your third appearance. I believe we'll have to get another one of these in before uh, before the end of the year. I think because uh, I'm always open to talking list science and and uh, and and mindfulness
2: slash
0: thoughtfulness TM slash thoughtfulness. I I as a you know like I said mental health I think is is I can't help but see its impact in in my life. Uh, I no. think that some of the strategies I've learned to kind of cope with my own mental health has, 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 alf- has also translated to the tools I use in Age of Sigmar. But also, mm-hmm. Age of Sigmar has given me a lot of reprieve for my mental health. Like, I, I play the sure. game, I have fun, and, you know, it helps me tap out a little bit from whatever bull stuff i got going on at the moment. Yes, I self-censored to bull stuff. So my dad, <laughs> instead of bullshit... I'm like, maybe maybe I can finally get rid of the mature tag if I if I program myself to swear that much less to where I'm using the word bull stuff instead of bullshit.
1: Yes. <laughs> oh man! And, uh, and so guests, all of us, it is our job to fill in the gaps with all of the cursing and foul language. Perfect. Yeah. No, you got to keep me honest. But uh, oh, yeah,
0: thank you so much. And uh, I forest. love the I love the eloquent way that you already signed off better than me. I was just going to say, be excellent to yourself. Be excellent to each other. And
1: you know, really, can we ever do better than Wild Stallions?
0: No, you can't. I don't think we can. You can't. No. And no. Uh, and speaking of bright spots in this year, I can't wait to see Bill and Ted's next movie. I can't because <laughs> you know it's just it's just shameless pandering to it... essentially millennials, the, the older, the sort of zennials mm-hmm. that in between Gen X and millennial age group and and gen xers
1: If for for nothing else i will appreciate having george carlin on the big screen again because the last i heard they are they have enough clips they have enough footage of him that they're going to be able to give him a small role in the movie so
0: (laughs) oh it hits me here it's it's,
1: worth it it's worth it for that alone for that brief moment of carlin yeah yeah man
0: that's insane all right, dude. Thank you so much for being on here, Chat Gang. You're the show within the show. You're the reason we do this thing. Thank you for being a part of it tonight. Uh, remember, you know, like, follow, subscribe, check out, uh, mm-hmm. check out the Pants Mafia on Twitter there and on YouTube. Um, and Alex, once more, thank you, my friend.
1: Of course. Thanks again for having me on. I appreciate it. Good night, everybody.